2: Hi, if you're new to this, this is My Good, Bad Brain. It's a podcast about mental health and being a person through my, you know, eyeballs and brain. I'm Jared Sleeper. Um, if you like this podcast, please consider supporting it at patreon.com slash Brain. Those, that ugh, generosity, that support is why this thing can happen. So uh, if you get something out of it, consider throwing a buck that way. Also, uh, leave us reviews if you feel like it. Uh, those are just as helpful, just about. You know what I mean? Like, get people to... Maybe click it and listen more. (laughs) All right. Here comes the podcast uh, theme song. Bye-bye. Welcome to my good, bad brain. I'm a normal person, so I'm insane. I've got depression and ADHD, but I'm doing better since I medicated me. I'm still not always sure whether I exist or what being a person. Hello, all of my friends. With all your good, bad brains, been a bit of a week, huh? I mean, I suppose everybody might react differently to the news and whatnot, but for me, it's been a week. Um, you know, I say a lot of the time, I guess that I don't, I don't know that one can distinguish between mental health and society, news, philosophy, culture, art, because, and this is why I have that clumsy phrase, mental health and being a person for this pod, because that is, that is what we talk about when we talk about mental health, is the experience of being a person and trying to make that one that feels good, that goes well. And there's no way... That your world doesn't impact that. I mean, that's literally what we're talking about. I think a lot of time we try to separate the two and say your perception of the world is the only thing we're talking about when we talk about mental health. But there also is this big part of mental health. I think maybe the bigger part that is the realities of not your just not just your perception, but the realities of dealing well with how the real. Activities and happenings in the world affect you. Obviously, in personal ways, as we work out traumas and try to figure out how those manifest in our lives, but also just, you know, the state of things, right? And how we get through all of that. Um, And so I feel like we're talking about many different things here. And often I think we focused on how to, we focus on, I focus on how to change my perception of things. But I think we also have to take seriously into consideration like the things, which is why the conversations tend to have a lot to do with that stuff: art, culture, politics, etc. So this week, there, uh, you know, I, I, um, I, I'm going to say, uh, I, I, I was very hard for me. This this week was a weird week. I talked a little bit about. Uh, on last week's Brain Breather about having a depressive episode Monday. That was pretty profound and kept unfolding for me. I kept thinking about it. It was such a unique experience uh, in the way it manifested for me. And there were some celebrity suicides over the last week, and uh, they were rough, you know? They were reminders. I mean, Kate Spade... um, is, uh, you know, another, I I didn't have a personally, a particular personal connection to her presence in the world, but it was a good reminder, you know, that externalities, externally things seeming fine, being successful, wealthy, a positive uh, presence in people's lives around you, you know, can never really truly be taken as uh, an answer as we pursue dreams and wellness in the world, that there is an inner question to face all the time with our wellness and what's going on. But then uh, Bourdain uh, did it, and that hit me really, really fucking hard. And I was surprised at how hard it hit me. I still am struck. I still think it's an odd experience, just from what we're taught about what's normal, quote unquote, in society, to feel so heavily emotional about the passing of someone you've never met personally. But. If a stranger were to tell you that, oh, someone who wrote a book that really meant a lot to them at a certain time in their life, that shaped a lot of things that happened in their life, that they felt a kindred spirit to with uh, the way they interacted with food and the simple pleasures of community and feasting and connecting with human beings and those beauties in a world that they evidently saw all the darkness in, that they, that they felt cynical about, but still made it an effort constantly to seek out the beauty and the light and focus on that. His jujitsu connection. I mean, I don't know. It, it was just, he f- felt like someone very personal to me and it felt really scary. It, uh, I mean, it, it feels like I like to think sometimes that the suicidal part of my life is uh, something that I am done with, that I, uh, that I survived already, that I'm through that. And I keep telling me myself that I think it's healthy to know that, to, to say I'm done with the idea that I'll ever hurt myself. But I think it's scary to see these things happen and it can be kind of triggering, uh, you know, to use that loaded term that people like make jokes about, trigger warning and stuff like that. But it can be kind of triggering to go, ah fuck, man. He pulled the shoot, you know, he got out of this world and I've had those thoughts and I thought I was done having them and, and there they fucking are, uh, you know, happening to this guy who's 61 and such a good life and with such a good life, presence of lives around him. And you start to go, oh fuck, well, what hope is there for me? Like, what do I know? What's my brain going to whisper to me again one middle of the night somewhere so strong and I'll be like, that'll just be my reality and I won't know the difference. And I'll do that, you know, very trite thing people say, you know, make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And uh, I was thinking about this in the context of battling depression generally and how to get out of it, um, how, you know, people say, reach out, ask for help, exercise, do this or that, blah, blah, you just got to do these things. I say this, right? Right. But how the fuck do you do that when you're actually in the depression? Because it's so fucking crippling. It's so paralyzing. And um, I've been thinking about that a lot. Uh, And I think the only answer I have is straight up, flat out, like conditioning, like psychological conditioning, where you just start to put irrational responses into your body. You practice them. Let's say when you get that whisper, that like you should kill yourself whisper, that your brain just goes like, nope, that's a fucking lie you know, that your whole body goes, nope, that's a lie, that's a lie, you you tell yourself, that's a lie, just so you know, so you don't even fucking think about it, when that shit comes up, that's a lie, I figured that out, I know what you try to do to me, brain, I fucking know, I know the games you play, you're mine, (laughs) I've been with you a long time, and um, so I've been doing a lot of thinking about that, and reinforcing that for myself, just reinforcing That uh, conditioning, blind conditioning, I've decided in my clear moments and in the moments of listening to the people who love me and that genuinely care about me, that's a fucking lie. And when it comes to me, I'm not going to fucking do it. And I'm going to phone a friend and I'm going to do all the things I know how to do to get out of it. So then I started thinking more and I had some questions from people because I've been posting about some workouts I started doing. And, uh, you know, I've been contextualizing them in a, in a way that I, you know, my Instagram or whatever, and in the way that I use them to fight depression, just smash depression out of me sometimes that they seem to help me to do these, uh, physical exercises consistently and just show up for them. And, you know, one person asked me, how do I, uh, you know, when you're in the depression, and the paralyzation, they know it's important to go to the gym. They know everybody says that exercise helps and it undeniably seems to help the organism to do those things. How the fuck do you actually do it? Because when you're, when you're stuck there, it doesn't seem, you know, they'll go for a couple days and then the depression will come back and then you won't be able to beat it. You won't be able to get out of the house, get out of the bed. So I thought really hard about that. I thought like, you know, I don't always fucking beat it. I don't. Um, sometimes I do. And I was trying to think about what helps me beat it. And this, I guess will be the practical advice for this week. I think uh, one thing that definitely fucking helps, and it's along the lines of the conditioning idea, is just taking any kind of creative, imaginative thought out of it. When I am in a depressive, real deep, bad spiral, I lose all sense of imagination or creativity. I can't see answers, and I think that's very linked to this suicidal ideation thing, just in my experience of it. You just can't see alternatives. You can't come up with answers. A normal, rational space that you were in, or if you were, you know, you'd come up with a million fucking answers. Coffee, sandwiches, lavender soaps, why I started making this thoughtless list I could always return to. Because I just can't come up with them when I'm in the space, when I'm in the bad space. But having a litany ready to go, having a list helps. And with that comes uh, this idea of a schedule, a journal. Um, having written down activities to go do like the gym one for me, I think is really helpful. Having workouts written out even weeks in advance, you know, you can download programs online. You can Google around and find some. Um, I have a trainer friend, my friend Lizzie. She's on Instagram at Frasafuerte. Fuerte. She made me a, a program and an eating program too to help with. I've never tracked that before and I'm trying that out. And it's weirdly so fucking helpful in a way I never thought would be. Like, just to have written down, oh, here's what I'm doing today. What's of I've got five days a week written down of things to do. I'm on day one. I go do the day one stuff, and it says exercises and how many reps and sets and all that stuff, and it's ready to go. And without having to think about it, uh, it saves me, you know? I, I I went through a bunch of phases, and I get, like, slacky on my exercise and can't come up with stuff, and I'm, my sadness is sort of winning over my self-care habits. Uh, I, I can... I can't, part of that is like the inability, the frozen feeling of trying to come up with an answer. Like, well, what should I even do? I got to the gym, but what do I do? I don't know. know. I'm gonna go wander over here and then go here. I just don't want to do anything. You know, by having it written down, ready to go, you just start checking the boxes off. I put little notes in there to myself to describe you know, my feelings about the exercises. They usually consist of just like, oh, fuck, or like, fuck me up, or like, this hurt way more than I thought it would, and things like that. But um, you know, just keeping the notes. I never go back and read the journals. I've found when I was moving or packing things, I found some old exercise journals, and I was like, I never look at them. But the act of doing them is very helpful. And in that same token... You know, there becomes this idea of little brainless goals, I think is related to this thought and I just wanted to include in this sort of practical things to get you out of a fucking really bad place. If I'm laying in bed and I can't do anything, right? The depression's winning today, you know. I can't fucking do anything. I will literally start having conversations with myself. I know I said a couple weeks ago about one two three five one two three four five feet on the floor, you know, and sometimes that doesn't fucking work, right? I go I just talking to myself, I'm like, Okay, do you think you can get out of bed? Nope. Can't no. Okay, um, do you think you could put one foot on the floor? Do you think you could just like undo the covers with a foot and put a foot, see what a foot feels like on the floor? And like a dumb child, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, put the foot on the floor. Good, good job. You can do two, I guess. That's great, good job, two on the floor. Can you, okay, let's try, what about a sit up? What about, what about a sitting up right in bed? Yeah. How about going to the kitchen? How about cooking something? We can try that. You know, how about leaving the house? Can't today. Just can't. Don't fucking have it in me. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Good job. You got up out of bed. Good job. You got one foot on the floor. Good fucking job. You know what that proves? That proves you can beat your brain. You can make choices around it. You know, that helps me immensely. Just tiny little goals. And that might not be, you might not have it in you today, do the whole thing, but it's like, uh, I think of it like trying to break out of a cell, and all you got is a toothbrush, and you just got to scrape away at that brick, you know, and it might not look like anything, but over time, anything erodes, anything, just, it takes the effort, it takes the discovery of not even the will to fight, just the thought and the invitation and the tiny victory, how about one toe on the floor, you know, and they're building off that, um, so I don't know, thinking about that, thinking about suicide this week, and thinking about the secret pains that people hold, um, I I don't know. It continues to be so amazing to me how healing it is and validating and helpful to just hear your experiences uh, come out of other people's mouths, um, just to say your experiences to listening ears. This thing of just talking, just being with other people, it's like the strangest thing to learn over and over, the most obvious thing to learn over and over, but continues to be so surprisingly true that we are capable of withstanding anything as long as we're not alone, as long as we have other people to do it with. And, um, you know, in that interest of dialogue, I, I, uh, I, I had a big barbecue on Sunday. Part of the reason this is going up late, but I had to do it to, you know, a little bigger than normal, start the season, invite some people who aren't usually invited. My dad's been in town. He's never in LA. His birthday was that day. And it was just wonderful to just have everyone around and, um, be close to each other and be eating together and not talking about anything heavy, just, just talking. And, uh, this episode, I, uh, my guest is Elliot Morgan. Um, and, uh, I love Elliot, man. Elliot is a, a good friend Elliot's a very funny friend, uh, in the sense well, in the sense that he's actually funny. He's a comedian and he's a funny guy, but, um, funny in how he became my friend. And it's the most like kindergarten sort of experience of, uh, I literally like just, we had mutual friends and I kind of literally texted him one day and was like, Hey man, we don't know each other that well, but I think you're really cool. And, um, I, I'd, I think we should just hang out sometime. We always seem to have cool conversations. So we hang out. And it's very funny as an adult to try to just make friends. Um, but that's what happened. And that and it it works. Elliot and I are pals. And uh, he's a great guy. Um, I love talking to Elliot in particular because we're from pretty different backgrounds. He grew up in the South, uh, in Florida, I believe. And... Um, Elliot came from a Christian background, and I'm really interested in that, uh, because as, you know, obviously, if anyone's listening to this, I'm pretty liberal. I'm very fucking liberal. And, um, you know, I don't always align correctly, quote unquote, with my political lines. And I was thinking about how hard it is, like how we're all so trying to stay on our political team because we're so worried of being canceled or thrown out by our our communities or something like that. But on the same token, in this interest of transparency around mental health, I think we really have to create space for us to be wrong, to say the things that are problematic about us, to say the things that don't align with how we're quote-unquote supposed to think because anything other than that makes us crazy. And, and if we don't do it, we'll never really be able to learn and understand why people feel differently than us or you know, why we should align with certain, along certain lines. And Elliot, to me, is a great example of, like, the true hope that people from different backgrounds and different perspectives who are just good people, who are interested in the basic humanity of, like, people being good to each other, people being free and having good lives, um, like, that that is the thing that really unites us all. And we might have different ideas about how to to get there, uh, And uh, but, like before prior to the phase of human societal interaction that leads to like terrible uh political not even listening to each other screaming at each other about politics uh whatever ideas with no attachment to a human behind it or affected by the policy there are just people who want to be people and want other people to be happy as well and elliot's like that and so i have a lot of fun with him when we get to get into topics that uh, about Different political things. On this episode, without even meaning to, we got into talking a little bit about abortion, about guns, uh, fucking the... the uh very problematic. I am a huge not a fan. Like Jordan Peterson gets mentioned. Um, Elliot also has a podcast about uh, called the Fundamentalists or the philosopher friend of his, uh, Peter Rollins, I believe is his name. I'm 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 so sorry if I got that wrong, but I listen to that podcast and he's wonderful and uh, so he's just a thoughtful guy and and I'll say this: this is an earlier episode I recorded. Oh God, this one has so many fucking disclaimers, but I'll get them out. Is an early one I recorded. These newer ones I just started a few more last week on a, a new session, almost like a new season. I think I'm focusing it up a little more to be "quote unquote" mental health focused. And this one I do get to it. At F. Elliott, we talk about the same questions we ask everybody every time. But uh, I don't know. I always had this kind of like sip whiskey with Elliot thing, but I haven't been sipping whiskey. So I smoked weed some before this, which I don't do before recording these episodes typically. And there were definitely times where we just love talking to each other and we just go off. And I don't know if there's a thread to follow. I don't know if there's anything useful that comes out of it. I don't know if... I even believe everything that I say. I, I don't know, but I do know that this is one of my favorite things in the world to do is to sit and talk with somebody else that I like, that I respect, that I care about. And just doing that, just the act of talking is so life-affirming and so wonderful. Just friends, just being with friends. And uh, you'll hear us talk about it on here. We weren't even sure if we are gonna use this episode, but I decided fuck all that. People will love this one or hate this one. I mean, the last half hour of this three hour extravaganza is the one where we, I guess, more specifically talk about mental healthy stuff with the six quick cues and feel free to skip to that or skip this whole episode. But I i don't know. I think um, I'm going to let this one just be what it is. It's two friends talking and having fun talking about wacky ideas. And I know maybe I'm describing all of these podcasts already, but it is what it is. It's my good, bad brain. And, um, what you're going to hear now is probably one of the biggest things on my list of coffee, lavender and, and, and sandwiches, lavender soap, whatever (laughs) is, uh, talking with friends, just being people and trying to work out the meaning and the happening and, uh, the nonsense of being a person. So, I give you the wonderful Elliot Morgan and uh, myself noodling for a long time. I hope you dig it. Bye. Um, but I do like when people do weird word bending stuff like that, because I really like stupid synchronicities and stupid coincidences and, and being, you know, my favorite one to do lately, my favorite hack one, and probably never, never will stop being it is that, um, is the content one. What? Like, how come there's, (laughs) how come we're never content (laughs) when there's so much content? (laughs) Oh man, that's really good. You know why? And and angering on a visceral level, and full of so many criminals because it's a content.
1: Yeah, content. Yeah, Yeah, these criminals out in the wilderness.
2: Content stuff like that. I hate that. I I I hate that. I love. I hate that. I love it. Maybe, but I love. I love that. I love being weird with words. I used to. I did this one. I like. uh, It's it's snowing. Like like just reading that as it's nowing. (laughs) oh god it's always now. oh
1: god Um, I I I did a podcast on the I do a podcast called The Fundamentalists and there's an episode coming out soon yeah on my schedule where I talk with the author of a book that I've told you about called Capitalism and Desire and we've talked about nauseum, but we talked about jokes because his newest book is on jokes and he was talking about puns and he said the whole the whole core and Freud talks about this apparently the whole core of comedy in his mind is a interplay between lack and excess In some way any joke anything that makes you laugh in any way is about either you expect lack and you get excess or vice versa or the two are the same and you don't realize it and so a pun on some level is like like a two for one so there's an economic exchange where you're expecting one and then you get another and then or two for the price of one and then the the exchange rate is startling and it's unequal and it makes
2: you laugh and it causes you to oh that's fun yeah I really like that. It's fun. Yeah, it's really fun. You know what a fundamentalist is? Lay it on me. Nothing but a fun, dumb, dumb mentalist. mentalist. Is that on purpose? Is, is that why you did that? Uh, we did it because of the fun and the mentalist, but not the dumb part. Because that is cool. I like that. I'm just thinking that kind of seems true because the they're tricky. They're like cult leaders.
1: There's a, there's a movement. Um, you know, there's a lot of movements happening these days. Oh, tell me about the movements. <sighs> Jarrett. Let me tell you a little something about movements. There's a whole world out there, whole political mm-hmm. system that's incredibly um, um, volatile currently. Yeah. So in response to that, society has acted in a certain way that is manifesting those anxieties in different ways. Okay. So there's all these sort of things, even though really probably what's happening if you get down to the root of it is based if, on a larger
2: problem, which we both have talked about
0: ad nauseum, mm-hmm.
1: which is
2: yeah. the problem of That's funny.
0: Of I'm capitalism. about to join
2: a movement. A bowel movement. <laughs> Are you going to poop in the middle of your podcast? No, but it was just a reference to like that upsets my stomach. Yeah, that would be a weird podcast. Someone could maybe should do people just talking the phone while pooping or something like that. That'd be nice. There I think is it'd be a whole, interesting, uh, but there's a it'd whole be called rele- the
1: release. There's one know. particular movement, Jared. Great, and it's a it's a movement that's post Christian, and it's really nice. But sometimes they take themselves a little seriously.
2: Oh, people who were.
0: Yes. They were part of the
1: Christian faith. They leave the Christian faith. And then they're sort of like, guys, like, I'm not that anymore. And they become very, like, community college professor and so kind of how I am all the time but the the whole idea of the fundamentalists was to kind of poke fun at that too because to call yourself the fundamentalists when everybody else in that movement is trying oh. to be like oh we're so different is fun because it's like no we'll, we'll align ourselves with the wait wait wait
2: they call themselves fundamentalists or post-christian they call post-christian
1: them? or something like that Emerging Christianity is another term for
2: it um but are they fundamentalists or is it an ironic term? What they're does that mean? They're
1: not fundamentalist in their belief. I, I struggle with that group because that was a group that I was a part of during my divorce and I found, um. act, I found behaviorally them to be very fundamentalist. But it's a process and everybody's in different stages.
2: You know what I mean though? Like, like they're not called fundamentalists. No. Oh God. No. Oh yeah. God. Okay. That's what I was, I was misunderstanding. I thought you were interpreting them as fundamentalists. No, but
1: fundamentalists to them would be viewed as a very bad thing. And so we were like, Oh, let's just call ourselves fundamentalists. I see that. Yeah. It'd be like calling ourselves some oh, co- any kind I of see, religious I see, I see. extremist yeah,
2: reform thing. Yeah. I yeah. got you. Absolutely. Instead of making Sorry. it such a big deal. That was, yeah. I don't know why my brain is receiving the universe differently right now. Uh, what do you think's going on? Is no it nothing, shadow nothing? person. Yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm there's a shadow person right now right behind you. I'm sorry I got distracted for a I second. I will say I had a really uh, the shadow person made me think of this thing. Part of the my good bad brain thing is just we let our, it's it's a, 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 a little bit of an echo chamber of my own shape of my brain and we kind of just, you know, we bop around, we pinball in there. Yeah, absolutely. I got this I did the, there's a rock climbing gym this bouldering gym and I, I did there's this one route that they put up which is really fun it's kind of almost like parkoury. like you have to kind of like hop to this one little That's fun. rock it's really fun it's really like and so I kind of spider manned it I've gotten good at it where you go soup, soup, and you you know climb up the thing and I was wearing all black the this one day I put it on my Instagram story uh-huh. Uh, I had like black spandex, black tank top and stuff like that. And the, I got the best and creepiest and coolest response I ever could. This one person uh, said, uh, uh, it got slid in the forbidden DMS, you know, the ones that you can't, that you oh, don't yeah. follow. And was to, like, this is what you see when you have sleep paralysis. And they were like suggesting I was like a shadow person. <laughs> when you were describing, yeah. I was like,
1: yeah, that's exactly what it, it yeah. sounds like. And yeah. I,
2: uh, and I, and I said, wow, I was like, you've, you've like, Defined my new body goals, which is to be a trans-dimensional shadow being. <laughs> That's very funny. Uh, That's a charming answer. But that was, I thought it was cool. I was like, damn, I love I love the idea that I could. I yeah. love that. You could, do, yeah. like, you could move like a demonic like presence. Like a demonic presence that I mean, terrorizes we, me. we do so love to be uh, uh, complimented as something dangerous and frightening. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess I was gonna say like why do you think that is? But I think oh. it's like very obvious and yeah, it's almost like no reason to go through it. Do you like what do you like? What's good that you like to be complimented, or what? Excuse me, what's bad that you like to be complimented as? Just anything like that. I used to love people like, um, you know, I like I like when like uh, someone say like someone like uh, like you're a wolf. Someone said like you're such a wolf or like, you know, anytime they're like oh you're trouble. Someone did call me the devil. Someone, you the know, was like a good one. it's sexily, you know, like uh, you know.
1: Oh well, then, yeah. You know what I'm saying?
2: We, what, um, that's a good story. I won't go into right now. Oh, one One of the great love stories why in not? my life. Do you want to go into it? or not? It's, uh, we're actually still dating now, but we've been on and off dating for a long time. Me and this one individual who I love very much. You know, you're on record right now. Yeah, I do. Okay. Which is why I'm like, I don't know. You know, this is because this is for from, me. You know, yeah. This is personal.
1: But you can I, be, you can be vague. You can a be obtuse. It's good. It's a good. Format. I want to hear it. I'm very curious. But how we, we can ever tell you the
2: story of how I met this girl? If
1: you did, I can't tell you. I remember the butcher
2: shop and stuff like that.
1: Uh, yep. Yep. That girl. Something like that. That sure. girl. Sure. I'm saying yes to maybe the, give you a bridge out of this. Yeah, if you Yeah. Yeah. That's why I'm. I'm gonna.
2: <laughs> it gets whatever. I'll say it's is witchy and perfect and wonderful. And at one point, after we uh, kissed for the first time, and then. She wanted you to, and then she wanted me to. Well, not that, but but that, she, and that she pulled me into an alcove and made out me some some more. And I got to this point of like, well, I you know, I, we pull back. There's a little breath, and I you know, I said, were uh, you all
1: covered in cow juice and shit? Uh, n-
2: not at this point. Probably like you know, there's a little bit of that unctuous sort of like sure. you know, covered in blood. It's I honestly unctuous way to use that word, thanks. man. Told you B- vocabulary bullshit. Here we are, as perfect. It's this episode verbal. of your podcast perfect SAT verbal didn't go to college didn't wasn't for me didn't need it didn't need it but damn do I love to hang on to that metric you know what I mean oh absolutely Such a defining one but I'm standing there when you're a butcher actually and you are cutting things like you covered in blood all day there's nothing like the love of dogs you know what I mean like dogs love you everywhere you go and I do think people found it sexy you're like this thing this bearer uh this thing that's not afraid to be near death yeah and to oh, absolutely cut it up into something palatable yeah and nourishing. But I'm sitting there, we're making out. It's very good. Sometimes you and another person are just perfectly compatible kissers. You know what I mean? Not like there's a good way to kiss or a bad way to kiss, but you have compatible or incompatible ones. Sure. It's was perfect. We're singing, we're dancing. It's wonderful. You know what I mean? You're singing, you're dancing. You know what I mean? To, you know, you're the doing the, the kissing, the making out kind of a thing that, like, yeah. we're just like, oh, we're just perfect. We're, yeah, that's we're, great. Fred is there, Ginger Island's great. Pull away from the kids, and I go, uh, what do you think? So, what do you think? And she goes, I think you're the devil. That's what I mean by being something scary or dangerous. Well, yeah. I think you're the devil. I mean that's a beautiful story. I mean, come on, man. But that that's kind of not shit, what I'm talking. That about That is what I'm talking about. You don't like being being. Uh, fear. There's a there's a really the
1: devil saying the devil is like that's a has sexual connotations and that's like that's a right. very that was across the board. Nice. I, but, well, I'm talking about like if somebody's like you're a sociopath, like because they're yeah, drunk but that's, and that's, they're angry. That's right?
2: true. No, we're talking about different things. We're oh, talk, okay. I'm talking about r- romantic then, okay, ideations okay, of things that are violent or predatory, yes. blood hungry. You know, if somebody calls you like vamp, van- kind of like a vampire, and it kind of feels sexy or what? Not, 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 not. In, this, in the context of your uh, sociopath creeper. and a vampire uh, a yeah. uh, Nosferatu uh, much, very much like a, a goblin yeah um, <laughs> not unlike a goblin I think I think it's usually like animal kind of things or like you know when someone's like you're kind of dangerous or also uh, this is the most innocuous um, lion I get that a lot <laughs> do you no <laughs> of course not that was that was maybe the meanest thing I've ever done in my life yeah, the way but I you said just you just yes and what I was the premise do you? Yeah, you that's so funny do you, funny. Then, do you? do you <laughs> oh, do you i honestly though in a moment i was like i could see it wow yeah i think you i think you. i could see it you know yeah it's all different wrecks right we're all
1: little prisms oh, yeah. shimmering I different things wrecks.
2: depending on where you to turn our little prisms <laughs> this is the i think the most common one that suggests you are dangerous because you're oh you're an unknown i think being unknown is is aligned with danger and how our brains mm-hmm. are interpret it. When somebody says, who are you? Yeah. You get that. There's
1: also that, like, there's like a soulmate connotation there where yeah. it's like, who are you? Where have you been? The idea oh, that think. you've surprised nice.
2: somebody, the, the, the idea that you weren't even on the radar and then suddenly they see you. I think that's the implication. You, you it implies have,
1: you're part of their narrative and you're like, Oh, I'm important to this person.
2: Yeah. I remember the first, uh, hard love that hit me when I was in high school that I like hard love you know what I mean the hard one lasted a long time hard love I had this relationship for eight years as a high school sweetheart we were together for a long time when I was a kid hard love uh, she uh, I remember we were friends for a long time before I like developed these feelings and then they were hard feelings and there is this I there's this feeling that I associate with a kind of a love that is all of a sudden someone's there that you never saw before you know that feeling of like yeah that's nice they're just a person around and then you go whoa something one day they do something they the way they shake their hair maybe or whatever or laugh at something and you notice some different and it's does that, do you does feel that 120 like frames a second you know underwater thing where you're like you are somebody else yeah. now i remember that i had that with in high school or i think maybe middle school
1: where somebody i remember the next day being like oh my god i think it was a dream and then i remember being yeah. like oh this is everything do you feel like you live a very solitary life no. Cause I was thinking about being in high school and like the, the obviously there's something to like the amount of like the speed at which your hormones are moving and like all that shit. Sure. And, and there's all that stuff. But it also just seems you're inundated with your peers constantly in a way that I'm not because I don't have a day job or an office space that I go to. Oh, in
2: high school, in that environment. yeah,
1: you're surrounded by the opposite sex. You're surrounded by different experiences. You're yeah. you're much more in the public. Yeah, and uh, and you're. I always not thought. That, I always thought you that.
2: know what it's like. It's like the the court of a of a of a king. It's like uh-huh. a royal court. It's literally just this weird place you go to every day to hang out around each other. And of course, there's gonna yeah. be like intrigue and politics all because that, that's that's you just go yeah. to the same spot and hang out. Yep. What else are you going to do? Anyway, it's please. crazy. I, I, the idea of school is kind of insane to think That's back insane. on now. What yeah. were you saying about the hormones and you're, and you're surrounded just by people? It's just that
1: you're, you're, and you're describing something as being in high school. And it's like that feeling I think of, oh, that feeling of going, oh, that person is something new to me requires that you've seen them before. And I don't feel yeah. like I live that that life yeah. very much. But I, I do think our brain,
2: our brain can do that. Quickly, uh, like meaning it can even that you can even manifest the same feeling because you make assumptions and uh, immediately about somebody. In like an evening of seeing them, somebody comes up to you and starts talking to you or you meet them because they're in a group of friends with your yeah. group of friends and you're just casually talking and they don't seem like, oh, maybe they're not your type or whatever it is about their energy. Maybe their energy is too healthy for you. So you don't tune into it very quickly. That's mine. Usually So if I like somebody immediately, it's an expression of like some lack in me that I or, or, or a raw nerve that I know that person will press. You know, I think like the way predators and victims find each other and they codependent people, whatever. Wait, hold on. So Sorry, you, did I, say, I did a lot of things really fast there. No, it's
1: fine. So you basically, but I'm interested in that last thing you said, just for a second, if you can put a pin of in course. the other The thing where you look at somebody and you like them, you think automatically that's something bad in you or something lacking in
2: you? I think in the past I've had, yeah, I think it depends. Now I don't think so necessarily as much, but I know when I was younger for sure, there would be... The big shiny thing that was like, you know, yeah, that you you go like, whoever this person is, shiny and new, and I love them, and they're the like fucking fanciest Corvette I've ever seen. That's the one I want with the nice polishy paint, the little like stardust about it. Now I think that was like, oh, you are fuel for that hate fire in me. You know, you are a source of that. You will somehow or another, your brokenness. Uh, either fits with mine perfectly or mimics mine perfectly or okay. whatever. Do you
1: feel like there is a scenario in which, like, do you still feel like your little romantic comedy is coming? Like, do you think in terms of, cause no. like, yeah, you don't think so? No.
2: And not because I don't, in the idea of like an episodic little adventure somewhere in my life, I feel, I know I've had my romantic comedies and I'm sure if I want them uh, or she used the path that goes that way or something like that. They're available to me. I will say romantic notions as, as a, a, like that, like the narrative romantic that I wish to be part of and, and act and sort of, there's this idea I heard once that narratives have lives of their own, that like they live in the ether and uh, we give them life. Whether through writing them down in books or in plays or songs or just by being well, the characters, being yeah. the characters in them. It's lovely, but it's also scary a little bit because whether it's just a metaphor or not, realizing that we create these things, if I wanted to be kind of a, a bad boy romance kind of experience, that thing, a toxic Sid and Nancy kind of a thing, which I think I have in the past, like that red is real love to me. I think I created those situations. I like participate in that narrative or I've said in here before, uh, especially if you're uh, a little bit uh, codependent or just empathetic or whatever and lost and flailing and looking for something to complete you. I think it's easy to complete other people's stories that if you wanted to like Pick up somebody or like have a romantic entanglement with somebody. It always seems so easy to me because you would just sort of detect the narrative they wanted to be part of and sense the kind of person they were interested in, and then shapeshift into that. Because pour some whiskey. Because when you're good in, because when you're good in a little bit broken uh, or like a little bit grew up in chaos and having to like be really sensitive all the time to make sure everything's okay, and you know that kind of like thing. Gentleman Jack. (laughs) Yeah. When a child uh, takes on like you know the care for their parents that they or something like that, all that all that nonsense, you know. In that you also Mm -hmm. learn how, I think, to dump the identity out of your vessel and just be like, I'm doing good things. I will get love and I will give love if I just shapeshift into whatever people want. But there's a cynical side to it too, which is like you can become kind of predatory and kind of very dishonest by feeding somebody the character that they want and then realizing you're living very a life. Very dishonest is a great way to you put it, know, yeah. yeah.
1: Do you feel that there's an alternative that's not good where you end up... So you don't feel like your so romantic comedy Yeah, I yeah. don't...
2: I feel like I've had it and I think there are more of those little wonderful make and memes kind of things to come. Okay, but you don't feel that there's a grandiose sort of thing. Mm, I see what you're saying. I feel All detached right. from the idea... I mean, cap capitalism, uh, the, the thing you were talking about earlier, we talk about a lot. I, I It becomes very clear to me. Um, I saw this, this thesis Thing And they made a joke about um, one of the songs that they just uh, kind of fizzle out. There's no big bang on the end of it. And they kind of like, um, it was truly a little bit awkward. I almost felt like they made it up in the moment. And they said, I know how to... Finish a song, I just uh, I sometimes, you know, I don't want to feed into the whole capitalist thing of a climax, you know, that we just kind of like, eh, it goes on the next thing. And there's this thing I heard related to that, I think, which That's is, funny. which is, yeah, that uh, story narrative structure follows a male climactic arc, like you're a male sexual climax, which is a lot of like build up and then this and then this and then this. And at the end, you go, oh, it's over. And then, and yeah. then we're done. And that um, by believing in that narrative and buying into that narrative, and buying into like that idea, of capitalism gives us that there's places to go, there's things to defeat to be complete, that there's a journey and there's an up and then it's over, and that those ah oh, the best parts of life only happen in little peaks that are isolated. And that that's the that's the thing we need to buy into. The feeling is that oh, yes, I'm going to be part of my sitcom. I understand I'm what gonna, you're saying. You know, yeah, I agree. and and instead, I, I feel more I, like
1: I think I get what you're saying. Yeah,
2: every day I feel a little more detached from that narrative so, okay. and that struggle.
1: I know. Here's what I'm going to say because I know we. We, we you know we go back and forth. We have these fun chats and whatnot. But there is a thing called intellectualization, where like for sure, I think we're on the same page, and like I think that there's that narr- that thing that it's just another way of buying into the idea that there's some grandiose or some reality that you're gonna live that's mm-hmm. like this perfect thing, even though it's not. Yeah. Which I think is what feeds a lot of our current uh, uh, political shit. But um, uh, I agree with that on a heady level. But like really. Not like a little bit? you there's like, like, a little bit? Like, is there a little bit in you that's like, you know that that's buying into a lie, but like, I know it's buying into a lie, but I still will buy into it like every day. Like, yeah. I know that there's no grandiose romantic comedy, no um, uh, pie in the sky,
2: perfect love, perfect thing, but I will go for it constantly.
0: And yeah, I don't I don't, I, well, Okay.
2: I'll be honest, where I'm at in my life, I feel like I was so dominated by, like, the romantic myth and that feeling, and I got to live it several times, and I think part of my idea of the romantic myth might be the romantic breakdown. I don't know. Whatever. It's a weird—for some reason, it feels connected to this thought and feeling I've had that, like, since I have, I think, become healthier, but also since getting a little older and once my 30s-something have hit, I'm, like, way less horny. Mm-hmm. I feel like way less like of an attachment and a need to feed this like gorilla you know thing. that thing that thing that's just like, like ah yeah that it doesn't really have me as much anymore and what a relief that is because I convinced myself of so many things uh, but for me part and parcel to the uh, sort of like sexual drive was that romantic capital R romance drive the, yeah. the like heat and blood and heart stuff and you know fury the fear a furious love yeah that um i think i had a feeling was like fairly corrosive uh and toxic the way it would express in me and somehow along with that it feels attached to the rest of the detachment We're talking about seeing the matrix and seeing the struggle that i don't know if i even really crave it anymore it doesn't even sound like peace and a sort of gentle uh wave-like tide-like consistent uh, uh, connection to my universe's like wavelength of love. That sounds good and more accessible. And it feels like more peaceful. If, this is a very, you know? this is like a very Buddhist thing versus yeah. like a,
1: a, I know non-Buddhist like the, cause it's so Buddhism is or Buddhist practices are so based in detachment, but I don't necessarily think that's a good thing. And I get the temptation because especially with doing meditating and getting back into it recently and like being like, I think I've like, like, I don't know, you know, you graduate to different levels or whatever, not in any formal way, but it's like, oh, now I'm doing, now I'm, in, I'm better yes. at it. Yes. Like you make, I think you can gain progress. Yeah. And then one day you can become so good at that all your problems are solved. And that's a capitalist lie. Obviously What, being true. a
2: person or uh, being a person?
1: Meditation. Like you can become, uh, uh, like, that's oh, just yes, funny. So they, it's like yeah, the thing true. that you did with the, the yoga thing uh, that cracked
2: me up one on thing? Instagram. It was like some yoga oh, place.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you were like, we yoga hard or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> we
2: flow hard. We flow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you, Okay. So that's the, that was the, the reference joke, I was making with yeah, the meditation the re- thing. Thousands of years old practice that is predicated, not on doing stupid fucking like stretches and shit that is predicated on just, you are enough in your own breath and heart and that <laughs> yeah. your truth will be found there. The yeah. more present you can be when with you yourself. let
1: go of the idea that there is a hard that which you can, at yeah, which you can that,
2: Yeah. Realizing <laughs> that the hardness is something that you, opt into yeah yeah yeah
1: uh it was so good but that was the joke i was making yep. with the meditation thing only to say that i think the idea of that level of detachment may not be may not be mm-hmm. the most fun way to live well that's okay. only in the sense I, yeah. of like there's more heartbreak pain horror tension of course um wanting sacrifice all that shit if you go the opposite yeah. way from the buddhist thing i was of talking detachment.
2: about this with a friend uh, who yeah, I'm gonna let it. I'm gonna let it stay uh, anonymous-ish. But okay. um, this idea of dis- detachment, and and we're talking about that, and how you know people go on some uh, twelve-day uh, you know Vipassana silent retreat kind of a thing, yeah. and blah blah blah, and um, that there is, and they'll be like, I found so much peace, and I, it's amazing what's happening here, and uh, wow, I've really attained some new feelings of levels or whatever, and uh, then they'll come back to the world though. And, um, normal life happens. You get a parking ticket and you have to buy more toilet paper and, you know, just whatever normal life. And then in normal life. Suddenly, they're becoming very overwhelmed, very stressed. Oh, I got all these emails to do all these things, blah blah. blah. And where did all that their their pieces not there? And then this feeling of like saying like so this wonderful detachment you feel from reality. Well, yeah, easy when you're getting your meals taken care of for every day. You just sit there and do nothing, and that's the whole point. You're you, get to it, you get to Instagram environment You get to it. tell people about it. Well, yeah. that too, yeah, but that becomes
1: there becomes a comfort, in, in even the fact that you're yeah. trying to do something like that.
2: But so that like, but the idea of how does your detachment manifest in real life when emergencies happen and blah 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 and like things that matter happen. And so uh the point I guess I'm trying to get to is that I do feel there's a distinction between uh maybe I'm using the wrong word between detachment and non-attachment. Um non-attachment to me is I feel more what I'm experiencing, which is not a detachment uh in the sense of feeling disembodied. What, what do you mean? Are, feeling, you, what are you talking about where are you talking about right now? Oh, sorry. Um this idea we're getting a little we're a little bit we're a little bit we're a little bit out there. We're a little bit out there guys. Let me pull this back. We are pretty out attachment. there right now. Yeah. So, you, so you brought this thing up, that Buddhists. Buddhism uh, is about detachment, yeah, and my argument uh, is that the maybe pain not that the and the
1: horrors thing. that come with the very reason you would go toward Buddhism or right. those types of practices may be worth it because they give you a more agree. vibrant, fun, crazy life.
2: So that's why it's the that, and that's where I wanted to draw this distinction between detachment and your non-attachment. I do think detachment is wrong. I think if you really truly get to a place that you're floaty out away from your body, your reality, your people, and you can't feel the oh, passions, that's very interesting. Pains, that's a fun way. It's almost in like you're against
1: transcendental meditation when you're like against the tilt. Like is that that crazy? creeps me out Transcendental like, my spirit left my body and i saw myself meditating i'm like ugh, that's uh, disgusting that's Get back interesting. In your interesting that's gross wow wow
2: that's interesting <laughs> No, because i don't think that's bad i i've been there i think how is that not detachment well because you uh, return to your body you're supposed to return i guess they to your always say there's like a tether or some like well, silver string I, or some i just shit. think there's an. It creeps n- me out man i mean i think about it, is, it, it the reason it's hard to talk about these concepts or explain them is because you i feel like every time i i i think about this stuff it requires this leap of faith that paradox is real and contradictory things exist in the same time. And so I'm going to say, sure. uh, the point of non-attachment is it makes you more attached. Is that like, right. in, in your, uh, removing value from your experience, You're missing the point if all it does is numb you out and make you less human. Yeah. It's 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 just another kind of escape. It's more connected to me to the idea that realizing that your human traits and your responses to them are something that you choose or that are taught or that are just an option. Did you watch the Gary Shandling documentary? No. You should, for sure. Okay. But that, I think, is the important part because if you do cultivate a non-attachment, you're experiencing all of your emotions mm-hmm. and the, the horrors and pains. You're just not being willy-nilly controlled by them. And if your solution, your practice, by if you were controlled by them forever, was just to try to get away from them completely and have none of them anymore, then you're missing the point. The point yeah. is to take that principle, apply it to being present in a human so that when you feel a big, hard emotion, you can you can enjoy it if it's beautiful and you can... Just be aware. Talk you're it down if Just, it's toxic. Yeah.
1: Yep, exactly. And then treat it and not treat it with anger and treat it, talk it down. Yeah, talk it down is a very nice way to put it. Because when you have that bad emotion, it's yeah. people get very like, I shouldn't be feeling this way. Right. I'm like, oh, God.
2: Relax. Yeah, and then, and then, yeah. Relax. Of exactly. course, you're jealous. Of well, course. But people love you do. to be wrong. Oh, they, I'm great at it. Yeah. This is what they do. And I mean that like this you're not allowed to be wrong. In our society. That's, I think, part of the divide, which we could talk about because I think you're, you're one of my few friends who kind of understands and, and at least sees some humanity and uh, people on the conservative side. Yes. <laughs> you know, and um, definitely see humanity. Yeah, it's easy to divorce from that uh, out here out, yeah. to other people. Yeah. Uh, but we're not allowed to be wrong. So if somebody does say something that's prejudice, unwoke, or whatever, since we have a society where you're not allowed to be wrong. Because being wrong means you're going to get punished, and you're fucked up, and you're a bad person forever. Now there's like you're no, there's no reason for them to come to the table, and instead they resent that you put this pain on them that they don't deserve, this punishment. Like yep. I'm bad. How could I have known anymore? I'm just a product of my experiences. So you know what? Actually, I am. I am that way. That is how I feel. And yeah. They double down. You know, yep, yep, double yep. down. And so you create this divide that constantly grows. And until we have allowance for each other to be wrong and truly see everybody as a, a little baby with a neural net learning computer and like this uh, this. Uh, Constantly adapting meat mech. Yep, yep. That only meat can mech let, mech. have its experiences. And, and some people have a better process, lets them extrapolate their experiences a little more efficiently. Fine. But until we allow people to go, like, okay, I don't think you're a bad person. I don't think you're trying to hurt anybody. And it's actually okay that you're wrong. This thing. Then people would go, if they felt allowance, they would say, thank you. Oh, I don't want to hurt people. I'm going to try. But do instead, you, you know. Yeah. Do you feel that with the people
1: um, that are in your life and the, the, like, if I'm one of the few people. That you know of, who, who is who has some uh, sympathy for that world view or those types of of conflicting worldviews? Do you yeah. s- do you see that then as a problem on the left, as a member of the left? Like, yeah, s- I think I um, certainly do.
2: Here is I think about that. Uh, people on the left. People on the left don't even let each other be right. They don't even know how to align with each other. Like, I I think. Let me try to clear my head a little bit. People on the left, I think, uh, when you see injustice, people on the left, I like, I think, have have really seen the life or death terms in which they see uh, a lack of empathy manifest itself. They have been harmed at some point in their life and felt that, and um, thus feel like anything that is cruel to the sovereignty of a human being, meaning like their full expression of themselves, it's cruel to them. Yeah, is. Uh, truly like murdering people yeah and then when you get to the level of policy in terms of money bleeding heart the bleeding heart liberal. the bleeding heart that like that protector rage and that disgust at the lack of morality is a little bit hard to mitigate because for you it's life or death when you make a, a an idea about oh security bombing this place or or um taxation and taking you're literally killing people that's why
1: i really love the abortion debate because that's the, where the those two mentalities meet, and it's fascinating to
2: watch. That's interesting,
1: and I'm yeah. all, it's also a subject I have very mixed feelings on. And I think I think it's normal to have, or would be normal to have, mixed feelings on that. But I think that um, it's one argument where both sides are are one side is arguing as though it's life and death, and one side is just arguing that it's life and death. And that's a a fun little and that's also really good. What I just said that was good, man. Did you hear that? That was pretty good. What what I just said? It was really good. One side's arguing as though it's life and death. And one side is just arguing that it's life and death. Holy shit. That's good, right? Or am I just, well, I'm a little, hold on. I'm a little Because out of now it.
2: I'm thinking like, well. Some sides, obviously some people. I think they're people, both arguing about if it's life or death.
1: Well, oh, I thought you were going to say both sides are arguing as though it is life and death. Or, 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 I'm sorry. I thought you were saying that both sides are arguing as though it's life and death. Like, I think, like as if, like yes. for life and death.
2: Like, I rah, think, no, the no, vehemence. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I know. I think they're both arguing if it's life or death. Well, you, know, I, you think because the the one side
1: argues but for if women's if it's life, rights. it is death is it's, the idea. The right? pro the pro choice side is it's about women's rights. The pro life side
2: is life and death. Yeah, the argument being like, look, look, no, nobody out there thinks, cool, dude, we love just fucking having abortions. Of course, yeah, you we don't even go into that yeah, No, yeah. no human beings who have them think that. Nobody's right. like choosing that as an option for birth control. But what's interesting
1: know? to me is it, it it speaks to the the evangelical. Um, uh, hypocrisy that happens more often than not where the very these things
2: that they espouse they don't fight as though they are like like oh that's right if you really thought people were murdering children you would like you throw your like, you would like, bomb yeah. a, if we clinic, did have yeah. a fucking if there was that's exactly right yeah. I think that's so true so it speaks to the fact that yeah. it's on someone like if there level, was a house that was like in every major city and what they did there all day was bring in toddlers and fucking shoot them in the head what would you do, You'd do anything you would
1: do anything if you if yeah or or I would hear about it and i go, well, surely someone's going to do something. And I bet the next day someone would just, I wouldn't, exactly. be, I wouldn't be the but first that's, one. But that's exactly how right. Hor- how horrible of a person am
2: I that if I heard that was happening, that's right. my first thought would be, well, someone else is going to take care that's of that. That's why, that is why, that is such a good way to explain it. If, if Go like, you really think that that's happy? that they're killing children there? Okay, wait, hold on. I If, if they built a fucking house, there's a house right now <laughs> yeah. where parents could bring in their child, their newborn baby, and chop its head off like a chicken. Mm-hmm. You would just be protesting sometimes and trying to get your In laws to change against things. against it. Yeah. Is that what you would be doing? It's fascinating, man. Yeah. That is so funny. The, the nicer version of that that I've heard that I, I don't, nobody would answer this. Like if they, the, 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 the situation is always like there's a fire and, sure. an, and you have two things, you can only save one of these things from oh, the fire. Wait. Lay it on me. Lay it on me. 1,000 viable human embryos, fertilized eggs. Yes. One child. Okay. Who are you saving from this building?
1: Um, assuming that I you, can, because if can it's only between, get one. okay, I was one. Lo- is there a third option where I can just leave? Because yeah, that seems tense. Cute. I like it. Pro would, killing babies.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I would take the, take the kid. You know, a sent we you 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 know inherently which one's a person. Here's another way of looking at that.
1: If you found out that. You, when you were three years old or four years old, you have this memory and there's flames all around and some and you're like, "What's going on?" and you're in hip hypnosis or whatever, and then you discover like, "Holy shit, you were saved by this guy." who chose between you and 1000 embryos, you'd be like, this guy is amazing. I have to meet, I have to meet him. <laughs> I slipped into a Spanish act, I assume it's a Spanish <laughs> cocoa thing, but uh, I recently, anyway. And then if you found out though, that it was an embryo, that you were an embryo when you got saved, you wouldn't care at all. Like if you found out, yeah. if somebody was like, when you were just an embryo, this guy chose you and 999 others. people. <laughs> you wouldn't give a shit. So also I know that part of me yeah. saving that kid is because I want that kid to remember yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Which is my thing. yeah? That's just my thing.
2: I always want. Yeah, it's that. I have to be known for all of my good deeds. Good. that's good. I mean, that was a joke, it, by the way. Please, don't I take don't it know crying. what's happening. I, I, I the, there's just so much disingenuous argument with it. Uh, oh,
1: that's what it is. I think it goes back to the the argument that I tend to go to with anything is like: not only do I disagree with you, I don't think that you actually believe. That's what are That's that's right, and that's where it gets very tricky because then it, then there's a giving up that happens because it's like I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to convince someone that they don't believe it. Right. And if they, as long as they believe it, it doesn't matter. Which
2: unfortunately is appropriate. Like. In yeah. interpersonal relationships. Oh, oh, giving up is the best. It's like once you... That's the bridge that you cross when you realize that someone... You're like, oh, you're so disingenuous. You think you're being sincere. Yeah. Uh, this is not for me to fix. Yeah. Gotta go. That's peace. That's when
1: that's that level of like, oh, shit. Okay.
2: Yeah. and Yeah. And I think...
1: That's when meditation and, like, being able to go to that, like, <laughs> space is actually helpful. I mean... Because you can go, like, oh, I see. All right. And then... Yeah. Can, I'm yeah. going to love you for where you're at. Right. And that's a nice thing. The, the
2: I think the fear attached to it is you go, like... So, then the people who do have that peace and don't want to, like, fuck with the world, really, don't really care. They're kind of doing their thing. Don't want to try to change somebody's minds Who have that non-attachment and that, like, outlook. Um, don't try to... They... The result is all the toxic people who are attached and think they got to impact the world and yep. blah, blah, are the ones doing that. And so you're walking, you walk away from them and go like, oh, I'm not going to argue with you anymore. Yeah. Because that's a, that's something you don't care to spend your time doing, but they do care to spend their time doing. This is the thing I think about like with like, uh, I was always like, like, I don't know, like, the like com liberals and conservatives related to combat or violent guns, mm-hmm. you know? One of those people inherently loves it, and so they focus on it all the time and practice it a lot, and the other side doesn't, which puts one side, like, of course you're going to... That's funny. You I know, know what you're I mean? saying. There's
1: one side that's going to be like, you don't know anything about it. And then the other side's like, yeah, of course we don't know anything about it. We don't like them.
2: We yeah, don't want anything yeah. to do yeah. and, and, and just that, like, how's the world supposed to get better when... Like how's the how's the world ever gonna get more peaceful when the people that are more peaceful are the ones that don't worry about fucking with things? Yeah, you know. But the people who who are gonna make it more violent like to be violent, which means they're going to do their best to change and shape society and blah. blah. So we always bend towards the will of the aggressor, no matter what, nah, that's because it inherently like. That's non-neutral. It, it, I it, it, think we were, we're talking in, about that earlier. With, uh, or no, I was yes. talking about somebody else. Yeah. Since it is interested in, nope, in imposing yet. its wor- will on the world, it gets good at imposing its will on the world and therefore will guide the will of the world of, of history more than the one that would not. Have we started the podcast? I mean, this is madness. I, I really don't know. <laughs> I, I'm going to listen back to this and I I'm, I'm, don't even know if I'll be able to track what we're saying. Do you? Yeah, it sounds insane. I'm if- worried we've gone to another dimension a little bit. Yeah, there's a little bit, but it's I'm having a great time. But for sure, too. Listening wise, I feel like it's like
1: you talk for a little bit and then I talk for a little bit. You really mean like a long time? You talk for a lot, but the, I like it. I don't mind. I'm it. sorry. I know I, I enjoy listening. There's not a lot that you say that I don't agree with or would be saying if you didn't. You know, well, I think that about you. We kind of follow. Oh, that's so sweet. But we follow a script, and you're just saying. I think you're just saying a lot of the script, which is great. But it's nothing I disagree with. Right. We're just finishing each other's. Exactly. I don't know. That's interesting. Wait, I can I was... relax, and you're going to say both points, and that's great. <laughs> we don't have a lot we disagree on.
2: This is the worst. This is the worst episode I've done. Probably. Really? Oh, no, sorry, I mean had... I think that that's just funny. I'm sorry. I'm talking so much. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having a day. I guess. Maybe you are. You do seem to be having a day. What's going on? <laughs> Tell me about it. Open up. Uh, no, no, it's all right. I mean, we just got a little high. Maybe a little too high. We did maybe get a little too high. Damn. The, the reason we did that was, in my mind, was. I associate with you. You, do, you did that character for a while. You did the videos with the with the whiskey. Do you still do oh, them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you no. kind of like have a little whiskey and do this thing. And you have this sort of dapper uh, guy, gentleman kind of, uh, you know, uh, and I think you're doing kind of like uh, a riff on it as a part of, you know, when you do that character, that like masculine mad many yeah you know and so i was like oh you know that's that is the thing we typically do we have like a whiskey together or a scotch together and, and do this thing uh and i was like well we'll just try to recreate that vibe this will be the one that's a little more but i haven't been drinking so i was like well i'll just smoke a little weed and you'll do that but smoked like a, maybe a little too much weed and also <laughs> uh uh weed is like a different effect much? wait what Weed has a different effect Weed does on, have a different on this effect. kind of a conversation.
1: We cause we've had this kind of conversation where we I know I, I see what's happening. I'm gonna put a disclaimer at the beginning happened.
2: of this. That's like just be high. That's it. I'm you're sorry. a little if you're yeah. high, you might have fun. Because you know what happens? It's like poems. Uh poetry part of the reason you pick the words in poems isn't even their meaning, it's their shape. That's I, one of those sentences that though, if you were trying to sound high, is the I most know, high sounding. <laughs> know. You know what it is? It's like poems. Do you think about poems? But I'm just saying with poems, uh like I had this the my favorite uh one of my favorite people I Wrote with uh, with I this editor who I worked with a little bit with poems, and I love talking to her because the first person who I ever would talk about language the same way as me, and would go like like you know, oh, the word here shouldn't be gold; it should be frog. And you'd go, yes, I know what you mean because it's as much about the shape and percussion and the feel of a word. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I think when you get high, uh, there's a there's almost like the way. You get sensory pleasure. You get an, a mental sensory pleasure sort of pleasure, like the shape of a word, the way it kind of, you know, so that the meaning doesn't even matter as much as just the joy of saying them. Yep. Literally checking your phone. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. It was a. It was my lawyer. Are you making that up? No, <laughs> actually, it actually was. So business. Yeah. It's my Are you business.
1: okay? I gotta check my. I don't know. I, it's a. It's one of those ambiguous, like, can you give me a call things? And I'm like, well, I don't like that at all. Do you have
2: any, like, pending
1: cases out uh,
2: against you or something? I'm still up
1: for some alimony.
2: Dude. Is that true? No. <laughs> Thank God. Damn. I
1: dodged. I, that That gave me uh, an overwhelming anxiety for uh, the better part of a year. The
2: idea of alimony?
1: I thought of I will, yeah. During the divorce, I thought I was going to end up having to pay alimony, and I couldn't pay anything. And I thought they were going to slam me with some kind of insane thing because i I'd made some money at some point for and, sure and then it was going to be calculated in a way that didn't add up yeah
2: that's what happens in entertainment because you get a big chunk of cash at one time and then they'll get paid again forever but they're right. like well he must get this every week exactly yeah
1: and so uh but yeah no it all works out but that's that stuff is terrifying all that stuff is terrifying. what was that like you were in love right um we had a, a very good run i would well, say I, well okay i don't remember if that makes any you sense you don't remember yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's fever dream of attachment
1: and like uh, ad- ad- adoration. Yeah. And- yeah. We could go into it sometime, maybe not on, That's on okay. microphone, yeah.
2: but yeah. No, I w- I, Cause I just think it's interesting. Maybe we could talk about it in broader terms. You don't have to go this deep enough a- if you're willing to think about uh, answering this one. But, um, I was just curious about, I've gone through big, d- big, um, breakups, uh, but I've never gone through a divorce. And I do believe in the power of ritual. I do believe in the commitment. I, I was freaked out when I was a kid. I was, always said I never want to get divorced because my parents got divorced. And I used to think that the marriage, uh, Not I don't hope this doesn't freak you out or resonate with something that you might feel because I know you're a very spiritual guy. But I was like, I always thought then well, mom and dad, you're going to be stuck together. You're going to see each other in heaven. Like you tied your souls together and that's how that works. So you fine. can't break that. And I was like, so I was scared. I was like, I don't ever want to do the magical part. I don't care about the legal part. Like the ritual of marriage to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're tying to them forever. Now I have like, don't think that. <laughs> but um, anyway, so I'm just as an identity, I'm a married and now I'm, I've be I'm divorcing. I'm just curious about your because I like your perspective on things, what your your experience or perspective of that if you have some identity thing with that,
1: yeah, for sure. I, I don't think I uh, I don't think of myself as a divorced person, which is a weird. Uh, no, I understand. Have that. you heard that before? Have you ever been like you're single? Who's single? Who's divorced? divorced? Yeah, and I'm like, wait, what? Fucking weird. That is so weird. Um, but I mean, it's weird. I did have an entire very like I feel like I lived in my 30s and my 20s, and that was its own thing. And I, I know I learned a lot. I know a lot about how to be in a relationship. And I know a lot about giving, but I also know a lot about what it looks like when things start to not go, not to go great. And I know what it looks like when I specifically am not getting what is good and what I should have and on my own little weird. Not, not in a like, brand. well,
2: I deserve this, but in a sense of boundaries and actual needs of your actual organism, needs as a person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Not, yeah, exactly. Not the, you're not that like classic, like, like guy, bro thing where you're like, yeah, you know, my my old lady, like not yeah, that shit, not but that, like the yeah. kind of thing where like, Oh, my soul is, uh, is not good. Um, that kind of thing. Yep. I know what that looks like. I know how I react and I know, uh if, how it can go and it's not good but the no, i but know a lot of that's that stuff a, That's definitely valuable knowledge all valuable knowledge it's weird man it's a weird thing to think back on and be like oh man this was a whole a whole like i had the whole Ooh, traditions i had yeah. the whole uh you know i provided i had a very like did what it took to make money to make sure that the ends were meet wow and it's a very weird i went through phases we would go back and forth on phases where we'd pay the bills so I'd handle all the finances and go and figure out, you know, what savings accounts we were going to get and build our, you know, our retirement funds. It yeah, was so all that strange. grown up stuff and like in yeah. your 20s. And I was like 24 and then, uh, and then it didn't work out and now it's like I have this like weird kind of like reflect, yeah. like muscle memory with certain things.
2: Yeah, that's interesting, man. I think about that a lot, how like, uh, I think with the Bible thing about like there's a season for all things uh-huh. and that, how difficult, but how important that metaphor that that thing is about knowing, like that in life, sometimes things are here and then that time is over. I, I read a Rihanna interview one time, and a um, what interview? Rihanna, you know Rihanna, oh, yes, son, I've heard the, of the her. Singer, uh, she was being interviewed by Miranda. I've heard of her. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Rihanna uh, was being interviewed by Miranda July, who's this? Uh, okay, wonderful director and writer, indie films, and she said in one. Part. This is how I remember it. I might, you know, have the quote wrong. I don't know, but I remember uh, Rangeli saying something about you know when you're a powerful woman and that it's hard to find a partner who like w- wants who can match where you're at yep. and that kind of a thing. And Rihanna's response was um, that, and my perception of it was that it was like she's calm and this powerful Rihanna who's strangely soft spoken and says, uh, "Yes, I am still in that time." And that 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 thing in my head was like, I am still in that time (laughs) was like really beautiful to me. And this idea of being able to comprehend a a period of your life as a time that you are. in, yeah. And then being okay with the fact that uh, that times end, and that can be very hard when the time is good. And also not pressure yourself when in that and
1: get into a phase of, am I making the most of it? Am I making the least of it? Am I da 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 -da?" Because that's its own trap. It's like, there's one side of it that's like, become aware that this is a thing and that everything changes, but then also be like, let that shit go too and enjoy the time and stop trying to
2: define it as well. And then when it's gone to be able to say like, that was a good time. This is a real and deep conversation. Now. now we're now we're having just a nice sweet conversation. Yeah, well, still I think, very high, still very sweet. Well, uh, you gain uh, you gain uh, nothing. You only <laughs> you only ruin the legacy and the good feelings of a thing by trying to clutch on to it. Right. It's the person that says uh, fun with friends. It's a Pete Holmes joke. What is it?
1: The, f- the surest way to like ruin a uh, good time is in the middle of a group of friends when there's a lull in the conversation. Just go, ah, oh, fun with friends.
2: <laughs> I do do this thing. I do do this you thing. You probably where do it ironically though. No, really no not it. that. Not oh, okay. that. I don't do that, but that, I, that is nice. Uh, I say making <laughs> memes. I was like, look at us yeah. look at us here making memes. Making memes, yep, yep, Because yep, <laughs> yep. that's all life's about, just, is it's making your way memes, dude. being like, dude. I'm
1: aware of a good time that we're all having.
2: Well, then that one, I used to read this. Uh, you ever hear of Cam Jansen? Do you read those books when no, you were a kid? No, no, no. The Cam Jansen Never. series? She would solve crimes. Her name is Cam Jansen. She had a, a photographic memory. Uh, she'd walk around, she'd look at things that had happened in the neighborhood and go, click, and blink her eyes. And then she could think back on the scene. And it was like... <laughs> oh, that's very funny. <laughs> I just really liked that when I was a kid. And the crimes would always be like oh someone knocked over the cookie jar and I gotta do chores for it or whatever but um that thing making memes for me sometimes by by <laughs> because this is my other weird thing about a time about being being able to release and way, accept a time my favorite way that you would ever start a sentence
1: is cause this is my other thing what could I <laughs> <write>? <laughs>
2: Yeah. Because it's just your, yeah, way of, okay. it's your way of just... <laughs> okay. And that's correct, though. That is correct what I said. Uh, this right. is my other thing. No, that yeah. a nice thing about a time is also, I think, the invocation of the knowledge of the time. It's like very biblical. It's very churchy to me. Yes. The invocation, the call to worship, but just this, the saying of like, I, I see what is happening and it is good. Right. And that is what <laughs> divorce is like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: If I had to put it, if I had to sum it up into six I words. I I do I love know what is happening to visualize and
2: is myself as I've gone through a divorce and then I just hold my wife, my yeah. ex-wife, and I say, this time is over now. <laughs> yes, I, I am, must assure you, I will miss you. And goodbye. she wistfully, wisely goes, and hey, I, you. Yep. And we kind of smile. <laughs> go, wow. About the times we've had. What a time. And just mature wise beautiful conscious aware we walk away and we leave each other yeah i didn't i didn't really let that happen though <laughs> that's like that's I, the, the, I, I, when the reality be... is i'm just like constantly like but but I, hey i was just thinking you yeah, know yeah, constantly yeah. texting back what that's are you doing a beautiful idea <laughs> oh, instead wow. i blew it up <laughs> oh you're seeing oh seeing somebody new now huh wow so that's cool yep. oh you guys went traveling together oh, huh cool great. that must yeah. be nice wow yeah. never did that with me Got a piece of mail for you. Yeah, I'm really good at maturity like that. I just love the visualization of oneself as this wise, <laughs> reserved, <laughs> capable. Oh, dude. Half of my therapy sessions are my
1: therapist Damn. going, come back down. Come back down to where we are. And I'm like, no, of course you don't understand it. I have a lot going on. And it's like all bullshit.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry. That's uh, now that's what I'm doing here. That's what we're doing. But I'm really, I don't know, doing a little more today. I Let's not
1: fall into what we are doing, because that's a hole we can't get out of, dude. If we start commenting <laughs> yep. too much on the conversation. Thank you. What do you.
2: What's going on with capitalism? What do you think about capitalism? I like that. That's a good segue. I will say that is something I want to talk with you about. What's uh, the deal? What's the deal with that? What's the deal? <laughs> capitalism? Uh, so, socialist Seinfeld. That'd be fun. Not really at all. But um, you said this thing once. You were reading that book, Capitalist Desire, which you mentioned earlier. You you interviewed recently the, yes. uh, the guy who wrote it. And you said uh, even revolution, the idea of like socialist revolution or something like that, revolution is part of the lie of capitalism, which is basically that all of capitalism is predicated on the idea that you have somewhere to get to. You have something to get, and then you will be completed.
1: Yeah, and I could be wrong about fully understanding what he was saying, but I think that was a part of at least a grand... I just don't want to misquote him in some way. Yeah, so this is is what I'll say as a disclaimer for you, is
2: that I don't... I think everyone's authority on their own experience, and I think that we should pride ourselves on being able to, uh, or at least striving to, hear truth no matter where it comes from, even if it's somebody you hate or don't like. And that to me, sometimes... You know, it just will spark a thought, and I associate that thought with that capital and desire thing, and that might not be what he's saying. I'm not even saying that's what he's saying. It is, for sure. Yeah, I I just want to make
1: sure that I'm being that I'm not being an authority on his work because I could be wrong.
2: But either way, I guess what I'm just saying and why I'm even bringing this moment to say this is because everybody out there listening or whoever, whatever, should. not think that you need an outside thing, an established expert, something to validate an idea you've come up with. Isn't
1: that fun? Yeah, you're totally right. You know, definitely though. I think it helps. Uh,
2: it, it does help. It helps the organism helps because it's validation, it's outside source, and whatever. But I just, I always think. But uh, like, if you if you had
1: an inkling, because well, I I don't know, I don't know about that, right? Because like, do you think that? Because if you're part yeah. of a tribe, which we all are. Of some kind. We're all part of various tribes. But if you are a part of that tribe, you, because of if your whatever, your psychology, yeah. your upbringing, you're going to have certain feelings. And if you didn't have an authority going, right. hey, those feelings aren't accurate, you would continue to think that. So I would say at times you, you need an yeah, authority feelings to aren't correct...
2: Facts. I think uh an authority to correct that's interesting. See, I know I know this is a this is a tough subject for me because I know that this is very murky waters intellectually in the sense that basically my the ultimate I will say the spoiler at the ultimate end of this argument uh echoes fairly uh, a lot with the idea of like don't listen to doctors you know right? Like saying, and, whereas, uh, because, and saying like you know doctors in Victorian times didn't think bacteria was a thing at one point and always keep that in mind that we are fallible beings right? that I you would, could come up with something new I think the point I'm making is a, the Ramdas thing of like everyone is my teacher
1: and so the idea that. like oh we don't need an authority I'm, I'm the da-da-da. it's like or you humble yourself and you make yourself low and you go oh this is I'm close yes. to the ground I'm close to the and that's where the truth is
2: that I agree with and that understanding though that you are some I- deep shit Im- some pretentious very shit. good very pretentious I like it very much Thanks. what do you mean I the, enjoyed the, it oh, that's very good the, the, the idea that every that uh, yes, maybe a little bit um, I think the discomfort with authority I mean every this is the thing conservative uh, republic binary whatever uh they're always the same thing that you're looking at from either side so authority is something that I chafe under that I think is awful instantly I'm like no there's no authority however I will then say everybody is my teacher and agree with that so clearly I do like an authority oh that's funny it, yeah because it, it's like it, the we're all
1: amateurs no matter what you're right. doing you're an amateur there's someone better than you you're not as good as you could be you're not the best so you're everyone inherently is an amateur and everyone is your yeah. professor is a very nice just a nice balance.
2: That's right. I would take both nice, of exactly. those,
1: and both of those. the 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 Ramdas thing is my new agey brain coming out, yeah. and then the "We're All Amateurs" is the psychoanalysis.
2: Yes, I think it's just now. I know what I believe. Well, it's like one should reject authority as if it's you can only seek truth from one source that already has it, yeah. but one should be surrendered before the ultimate. Like humility that you that you are, that are part of a thing that's much larger than you and right. other things know things you don't, you can learn from them. Have we started the podcast yet? This is going to be a weird one. Yeah? Is it weird? Is it weirder than I the others? I can't tell. I'm glad.
1: I know. I, I can't I, tell. I honestly feel fine. I don't feel weird I mean I don't feel like I'm like if I had here's the thing I think you and I probably in our minds had a way this conversation was going to go and it was going to flow and we're going to reach some real points of like oh, shit yeah. yeah yeah and I think we was, had our
2: sitcom romance set to go exactly for this con we were seeing the narrative
1: but I think what actually happened was we had a little bit of weed and we just started rambling about <laughs> shit
2: that's correct <laughs> but that's what we do time. this is like we're jacking each other off because this it's is what extremely it is. Our and we shit. haven't
1: hung out in a while yeah it is Jack and it feels good and there's very few people that I can talk to about this kind of stuff at all. And, and so it's and, very nice. You know what's nice. funny about
2: it? Some some of it too isn't even about what it's about. It's like in this way. Exactly. It's, it's so little about what it's about. It's just the fact that we're saying it. Yeah, or it gets this a is The truest <laughs> expression of a bullshit session. Yeah. And, and, it just fe- like and how, it's necessary. Dude, it feels so good. Yeah. It's very cathartic, but it's for sure about us. It <laughs> does feel like a good hand job. That yeah. is, that is the sort of sense gestalt like spiritual yep. feeling of it. Oiled up. Just someone's good at it. Just like my friends gonna come
1: over. We're gonna do a podcast, but really, we're just gonna dive into our own. Like, kind of like here's the new thing I was thinking well, the, about. The shit. Thing, yeah, the thing, said, yeah well, the
2: thing you said. Yeah, with the thing you said about um, the brain thing. uh, that like you can do shorthand. You'll f- we just finish the same script. I think I we'll listen back and I'll be like, oh, that's a thought that for any normal human being, we did not finish that thought at all. But I feel like we just yeah, extrapolated right. it out, so we, yep. so we just moved on. I knew, yeah, there were you know a couple I mean? times like I know where you're going, but let's go to this thing that you, just yeah. Mentioned. I was thinking while
1: but you were like talking, but it's like
2: versions of us had that whole conversation and we just know it. We, we computed it just, and moved on. We just
1: saw the rhythm, uh, and, and I think <laughs> there's another thing where it's like um, I lost it, but uh, yeah, it was good. It's good
2: stuff. Yeah, man. I fucked you up on that one. It's no. I jumped fun. right and I oh, fucked up the rhythm. Oh, it was
1: as I was talking, as we were going back and forth. I was like, "This is great" because when you went on a tangent, I was like, "It's like a la carte for me." Like, you, it's like you're bringing out not a la carte. It's like you're bringing yeah. out a, a splatter of the things, dessert cart thing, and I can just go.
2: And you went with it, so I could go. Let's talk about that, and you would go. Boop. Boop. Let's do that. Yeah, I love that. That's really funny. That's that nice. is kind of that. You, you know what I like? I've always liked about talking to you. <laughs> let's get into the compliment each other phase. Let's do it. No, but I, I do really cherish is. um I do know that I can do this thing that I think you do too, where you can just go and mm. like you're you're like, and some people find it find it uh, what's the word fucking rude, you know that like <laughs> I just uh, talk and um, talk off-putting. and talk, yeah. And um, I have had people close to me, and I have, I have I'm working on it. I've clocked it. I've listened that uh, say. I don't ask questions. I don't like ask. But in my family, in the way I was raised, it was this very presentational, strange, like I'm going to have an explosion of feelings and thoughts and that's what's up. And in that, through the demonstration of that, the implicit is you can do that too. You go, you know?
1: Right, And right. so this, this is exchange, how I am. This yeah. is so who I am, of course. It's truly yeah. really how you like, are. It yeah. doesn't
2: even sound bad to me, really. This idea, people say it as like, this is what you do. You talk at people and then the other person talks back at you. I actually don't think that like makes sense to me. I'm going to present all these things. Then you're going to present all your things. And I would take them feel in.
1: that way if, if you lacked the ability to actually listen but you don't seem to not listen you right. don't see it, it even if you don't ask or you don't go like I know that's the thing with podcasting too, when it's very like when you're, especially when you're starting it, and you're like, "What's the rhythm? Do I do I talk a lot, or do I let them talk? And if I talk too much, is that like a turnoff, or is it not? Right. And then also, you feel a need to compensate. Like if I'm checking my phone, that puts you in a position where you have to
2: keep talking the entire time. That but, can happen. Just that happens to me when I just do this to go be like, "Are the levels okay? Are we right, right? Uh huh. And then I can tell the person is like, I feel bad because I'm like, I just need to surreptitiously do this, but you now feel the need. You have to go on your own.
1: But because you're able to, I think, pay attention in the conversation, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's I a, agree it, it is affected definitely by narcotics, but I think that's, that's the nature of yeah. what we're doing here. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a Saturday he, afternoon.
2: It's Saturday afternoon. It's, it's Saturday a, afternoon with my, uh, I don't even know what I call it. Cause it's, it's, it is a jack off thing. It's not like a true intellectual thing. No, it's not. <laughs> it's like something else that's funnier. Like, you know, that's, that's it's not really it's,
1: it's definitely the kind of thing where it's like a couple of, uh, artistic, kid young men are are definitely exploring ideas that they're excited about yeah we're in that, wrong
2: with that yeah for sure we're just dabbling you know we're just like we're um who's the what's not bacchanalian there's a greek guy and now the name his name oh, i have no idea means McAvail. what if you like food and drink a lot and stuff like that mac um oh my god i'm going epicurean oh epicures oh okay. we're being like these sort of intellectual epicures it's like it's a little bit it's it's like we find the idea of exercising our brain in a verbal way exciting and delicious it's something yeah it definitely it's a yeah. muscle it's a thing yeah, yeah and sometimes just the, the act of that is fun it's not even the subject matter it's just the like going through the motion and the thing you know it's like a youtuber Oh, no. Like a, the person who...
1: It's like a content creator. Like a content creator. It's, Why uh, aren't they content when all that It's almost content.
2: as if we've created a wasteland in which we must fill it with something. Content.
1: Well, I just meant in the sense, like, if a video creator starts to just enjoy seeing themselves on their computer What's up, guys? screen. Yeah.
2: That the what's up guys YouTubers, yeah, I love that, dude. I, I do think I do think the content thing, the term content creator, is so grotesque and um content. and uh, what's the word uh, commodified and just like uh, we just need content, we need move units, you know. It's like so funny that is very instead funny, of saying yeah. like, I can make art, I create a thing. I'm crazy. Well, dude, that's
1: I get very into like the uh, or very against the the whole thing that the that your side of the your your way more side of the political spectrum does, which is the we're gonna now take care. like i saw this tweet going around mm-hmm. that a good friend of mine retweeted and i was like i wanted to text her and be like why what was it it was like
2: flint will cost 55 million dollars i retweeted to- that bitch yeah yeah
1: I, that makes sense that oh, so you what it is it. is
2: uh, real quick jeff bezos has a 27 billion dollars or something like that all these billions have billions of dollars flint would only cost 55 million dollars to fix what a what a what a to me my thing is you know oh what a what a delightful thing we as the human tribe decide to use our resources for that was my feeling
1: right and that's a nice thing to think but I think the message of the tweet is very oversimplified and very like uh like oh because these people have all this money if they just wrote a check for fifty five million dollars this crisis would be fixed and I think the that number like there's no um. No sign to me that there's any intellectual or like factual thought put
2: into any of that stuff, and that's where the left loses me a lot. You're saying the illusion that. Uh, there's some sort of uh, service ready to go. That right. May, like that makes just sandwiches. A, uh,
1: that $55 million dollar check, and yeah. they're going to...
2: That there wouldn't be a, pipe's fixed. Yeah. And there, it's gone, and the water... Ooh, not the pipe, right. the water is a... Uh, Infrastructure, the yeah. time, all of the kind of uh, nitty-gritty actual realities yeah. of putting together the, the effort and time to do that. And the billionaire, it's implied
1: that then, is this fat cat who isn't busy. And I'm not saying... I'm not giving sympathy to billionaires, but assuming that yes, they are... Yes, let's be clear.
2: The, the posture of this podcast is they should be eaten.
1: Of okay? course, they should so, be eaten. Yeah. And also, let's just assume that they're human beings. Let's okay. just assume that they're granted the, the, the sanctity of human life. If they are, does then their job become to make sure that the Flint thing happened. Well, that and then, is a good question. And then when it does, they're like the tweet was like, "This would be a great PR move." When they do that and they don't do the next thing, what what hypocritical change happened? Like, I just think it's an oversimplified yeah. thing, and I think that any well, big issue has a, a lot of causes and a lot of hangups. And I don't like
2: tweets like that that try to oversimplify it yeah. or dumb things down. I mean, part of me does feel like billionaires have like sort of self selected out of humanity. Uh, and in that kind of sense of a human at the middle of it um i mean i can't speak to it i don't know man. yeah i have a lot of thoughts about this i'm going to respond to i have to I pee I, really one, badly what? that's what i'm thinking about right now what let me pee i have to pee too let's take a little pee break and we are going to come back with this dude great. false conundrum because i think this is a really good one not a false conundrum i think this is a conundrum this yeah. one it's like a zen koan you know what I mean? It's like a situation that, like, how you respond to it to me tells Let's me more about it. who they you are bl- than not. Yeah, okay, yeah. bye. Uh, but that's but that it's just um, that movement and barely held together reality of structure that we picture as society, government, our homes, our laws, whatever, is just uh, the same thing as a starling detecting what is happening with seven other birds around it, and somehow the adding up of all of those. Seven birds, seven birds, seven birds affecting an eighth results in the movement of the whole thing.
1: And, and down it goes.
2: Yeah. And somehow that altogether, though. Uh, comprises a single entity, like a single mind moving forward. And in that entity,
1: things continue to spiral forth constantly. There's never an end. Like throughout, despite the fact that there's 94% dark matter and all that shit, and the universe is this big black gaping void, there has been life that has sprung forth time and time again, even amongst mm -hmm. the onslaught of death and destruction that happens around us. That's what I think God is. And let's talk about capitalism. Jerry?
2: Okay. let and us, I agree, let us, that, I agree I know, that that is know That was God. a good break, and we're going to hard break on that because it was good. And I want we're going to segue smoothly now. Based smooth on that. This is the smooth Let's segue. Let's stay with each other. Let's not stay in our own heads. Yes. Let's stay with each other. Iron s- is smooth because the construct was, uh, you know, that you... Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I do want to readdress that. The tweet that went around that people were glibly reposting, myself included. Glibly. Glib, like... Yeah, I get it. No, glib. Yeah. Glibly. I just her glibly. I love that. I feel like they're being glib.
1: I don't like it. I don't like the post. In a
2: glib fashion. I don't, like I don't like it. Sometimes I think glib is cute. It's but- in its it head that's rubs me the wrong way to oversimplify things. I don't like it. All right. That... Okay. So you know what it the, is? Too? The, it's the,
1: existing in the system that the very system that is caught that is saying that like this is a good idea for these billionaires to pay for it is the same system that created that in the first place. So it's it's that's it's, a, right. it's within the woods that you're going this tree needs to get chopped down. Like you're you're still yeah. in the problem. You're well, in, you're you're not if you zoom out you go, "Oh, yeah. That's not how you solve one problem. How you solve one problem is you start tr- trying to figure out how to solve
2: all the problems." Well, I think there is a correct resentment of the system we've created, which is that all of human history, there's mostly people just trying to get along, live their lives, cook and hang out and see people and have families and do their jobs and whatever. And then those people are subject to the whims of billionaires, meaning in the form in the past of like warlords and shit. I always think of like when you learn, learn about, oh, this: is the Punic Wars, I think is the one with Hannibal and ancient, you know, if you're in one of these little Italian city states, some little village on the Alps. And Wait. one day because his dad was mad about another dad that was another billionaire's dad that hurt his armies elephants come over the fucking sure, house sure. and murder all of you. Yeah, yeah, you didn't do, do you, it that resentment is appropriate.
1: But do you think that the if you were a, a person who was just hanging out with their family and that uh, enjoying your time and then all of a sudden you had a bunch of money, you wouldn't also be the warlord. Is that what you're saying that like you become the warlord when you get the money? Like
2: I is think this a the or drive, or well, well, no, no, no. I well, that's another subject altogether. I'm just uh, first to start the just the fact that we're with each other, we're standing yeah, on we're topic, here. and we're just good. the fact that all of those people who are not the warlord and all of human history is subject to these whims of well, hope we get a benevolent one, you know. I guess I think we're all warlords, just we have le- differing levels. You really believe of, that?
1: I don't think... I think that there's a chaotic uh, undertone to all of yeah. humanity. That's I, what I think I, is beautiful about society and beautiful about the preservation of life and love and all those things is because it is the spark that that shines through the darkness that is the the yeah. standard of humanity. Well, what I
2: think... What I may think that is in a sort of in alignment, and I've never had this specifically expressed thought before, I don't think, until now, is that humanity in the sense of our embodiment, the animal here that is capable of channeling this consciousness, the thing that hunts and eats and whatever, and and the thing that the brain is, the the body, the physical expression of self. And along with it, that means our personalities. That, I think, may inherently be bent towards uh, aggression, chaos, predation, and scarcity thinking. But the divinity which... Channels through us so that we are somehow connected to, which I would say is this the true source and nature of sentience, of of, of a consciousness, which you know as, yeah, as yeah. something more than an accident of chemistry yes, in yes. our brain. But my my thought is that that that, 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 that thing does not. That thing le- tends towards benevolence, and
1: you know. But my thought is that the default that people go to, the thing that they fall back on and that we all fall back on every day, even if we like to fancy ourselves like big fancy thinkers like we do, what you fall back on is the the primal, uh, dark...
2: Uh, unknown, fearful, like you, you. I know what you're saying. I, the reason I'm, I'm, uh, I think I'm pushing back on the notion of default is that I'm saying I think that all human beings are two competing entities in one expression, and that one of those entities is embodied by the body on Earth, the human animal part, and that that default. I agree with you, is that, but I believe the default of the other thing, the consciousness at the center of us that drives the whole, that is the reason the body. Is yeah, animated. it's just a
1: yin-yang, except I don't think the line's in the middle. I think the line is, like, way over on the darkness. And there's, like, a sliver
2: of the white. Yeah, I know. I think that's just because it's so hard for people to transcend their physical experience. And I mean that. And also their intellectual one, their, their dimensional embodied experience. And that one wins out over that internal. I don't know, man. I think. Do you think. I truly believe there are some. Okay, this is a this is thought. When you're a child. Or any time in your life, if you hurt somebody else, um, do you learn to not do that because it may cost you something down the road, whether it's karma or the government or God punishing you for doing something bad? Is that what makes you not doing something, do something bad? Or is the default setting of humans, when I hurt somebody, something I can't explain hurts in me just because they're hurting, not because karmically I'm going to get punished or anything just because Yeah, yeah I, agree you. You know? I agree with you. I agree with you. I just one think is that's
1: the, the sliver of light. I think that's just falls into that. I think there's a whole shit ton of things happening in the human brain and the ability for us to have empathy, true empathy and like good empathy yeah. is just part of the thing that we agree on, which is that there is this beauty that resides. I just don't think it's 50 50. I don't think it's this perfect, nice, neat war between two impulses. I, I do think that there's more darkness than, than light, which I think is what makes the light so important and something that we should strive for in every, yeah. every aspect.
2: I think, I think it's just the, I think it's sort of an expression of the nature of creation versus destruction that creation destruction is so much easier and so much more volatile and so much like it only takes one fucking uh, destructive element, one bomb to take down a building that um, took thousands of people, thousands of hours. to Yeah. Make. That's kind of very much what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. So that like that light to me is much more, Actually, common than we expect, but the repercussions of that toxicity are much more volatile and common. I think that's why it feels like they went out and beat that sliver.
1: Maybe I don't know. I I don't know. I really don't know. I like to think that. I do like to think it's a it's a very. Um, I don't like to think the unconscious has like malicious intent. I like to think the unconscious is sort of like this godlike thing that directs everybody in some. Light. I agree. And the less repressed you are, no matter what that looks like, is inherently healthier and more spiritual than than the the more repressed. But at the same time there's a part of me that's like mm, what i have buried is probably what i also have buried is immensely more shittiness like i in my own personal journey i found that i have uncovered all sorts of good things but more bad things just bad things that i can handle better
2: but what like, do you think uh what's the badness
1: like narcissism and 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 self-serving anything that's self-serving a pre uh a slight predatory
2: nature. Yeah, but I think I think the predatory nature and the narcissism and those kind of things are expressions of a benevolence that's unconscious because it's like a parent. They want to protect you. The body just goes about oh, protecting sure, yeah. you. A your very defense mechanisms are on your side. Yeah, absolutely. 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 You know? Yep. Uh, that's why it's on you to not necessarily repress them but at least dialogue with them somehow yep. to go yeah, like, yeah. "Hey, you don't need to do that yep. oh, I totally anymore. I appreciate what you're doing." Do we have the same therapist? We have the same therapist. I it's weird that the people have come to these same conclusions. Yeah, it's always that, like, L.A. joke.
1: Because the, the therapists are all taught the same yeah. things, too.
2: Well, I mean, that, I don't know. I mean, that that to me gets to that oh, thing about the authority again, like looking for an expert. Uh, oh, of course. Well, I had this thing when I was in high school.
1: stuff and yeah. all that.
2: My mom, you know, I was doing, I don't know, I was de- dealing with detachment, money, and life, and what I want to do with my life, and all that stuff, in a very, like... Whatever Zenny, whatever way, I don't know, whatever. Why, I don't know what I said, I don't know what I was. I was just this kid, I was this me. And my mom got mad at me about it and called me like lazy or something, I don't know what it was. And then, like, a couple days later, uh, because I graduated high school early and I was like staying home, uh, whatever. And um, and the, she asked me to go to the grocery store the next day and she said, I want to apologize. Um, I was reading Osho and he <laughs> said exactly what you said yesterday. And I'm Sorry. Oh, and I was like, "Uh, "Oh, fuck you, man!" Like, "What? Oh, because Osho said it. Now it's cool." I'd be like, "It's true. It was just as true when I said it." Sorry, I don't have like a wispy fucking beard. Dude,
1: that's the thing where it's like, that's when you realize that the conversations we have, where we talk at each other and Mm -hmm. these sort of like circle jerk conversations, the truth of people's distaste toward them is evident in moments like that because you are like, "You said everything that that person said." And all the truth right. that they needed to hear, but they didn't hear you because we'll sit here and we'll be like, you know, it's about. And it's like, yeah. I'm slowly figuring out that, like, I can sit here. What life is, the tension, I think, of life is to, to honestly feel like you have the right answer and then to just not say it. And to uh, and to be there yeah. for somebody where they're at instead of being like you know what you should do is do exactly and I've had the reverse conversation where I've gone to my friends and I've gone I know what you're gonna say but I know I I'm gonna I know what you're saying is what you believed wholly to be true but yeah. I don't want to hear it right now well and a, I know yeah. I don't want to hear it and
2: I know that yeah so that's it's a fun just the nature and that that does I guess give us a reason again why the human tribe tries to agree on some. Uh, authorities, because who you imbue with those things, are, are you do that on purpose? Like, like fighters have coaches for a reason, and they know that the coaches care about them. And good coaches will know how to speak their language to motivate them. You know, I, I, I think about this thing all the time. I cite all the time about this one fighter who uh, had like hurt his leg real bad in the first round of this UFC fight, and is and said, uh, "My leg hurts." He goes, "My leg hurts." He's like uh, George St. Pierre, this you know French kid and the coach just goes, "Look at me. I don't care." go out there, work your jab, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I just remember hearing that thing and and in that moment and to this day, hearing it as incredibly loving. Like that guy loves that guy. Yep. And, if that guy was just hurting or normal on the street and some stranger and stuff like that, and he hurt his legs, that, that would be wrong. That would be wrong. That's not pro But someone yep. who is trained with you, knows you, knows your inner voice, knows what helps you, knows what you need in this moment, is aligned with your wishes and loves that you want to win. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, uh That's a different context. So we say that expert, that coach, you are allowed to say these things to me. Yep. And that's beautiful. And it should be that way. Yeah. Cause I, I think that's great and it's good to assign
1: someone with care and love and trust. And I do think environments like that are really cool. The fact that you do the whole jujitsu thing, yeah, I think I is amazing. It. I love that. I'm fascinated by it. I think it's amazing. Uh, I want to do it at some point in the future, which yeah, is what people anytime. who are interested in things yeah. say, say, but, um, you'd, you'd love it. I think, I think you'd get a lot out of it. I do think I would, I yeah. do think I would enjoy it. And I think I, I would, uh, Get the shit kicked out of me for of a while. Of course, everybody's. I do. Yeah. Know everybody else. And uh, and I think that'd be fun. And I think it'd be great. Yeah. I, I love the idea. It would of the, change you. I fundamentally. don't um, exactly. And that's why, yeah. like, I like those moments and going back to the coach thing of like. Did you play oh, contact sports at any other point in your life? No, I've never done. I, okay. Well, I did for a phase. I did like taekwondo when I was like, sure, sure, just curious. Okay, sorry. Continue, yeah. continue, sorry. But nothing that actually stuck. But um, but no, I know nothing. I know nothing. Yeah. It would be so fun. But th- those environments are what breed those moments of like that. It's almost like you're un. Unco- like the coach is. Acting as that athletes are yeah. uh, unconscious in some way by going yeah, like I, I don't care and that's what you need to tell your emotions sometimes or whatever There's little flailings. right mind. It's just like oh I understand what you're saying I don't care and I mean that lovingly yeah. but we're gonna this nervousness that you are is gonna well, be well that,
2: that uh, I know you'll be with me on this one This is a frustration I do have about the left and people in general and that holding of paradox reality the failure to do that I think we're in a, a period now uh, even politically like. Now, if you're an empathetic person, people can't separate the notion that you could both not victim shame and also encourage personal responsibility, like in problems. So, if somebody's a, 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 yeah. a victim yeah, of circumstance yeah, yeah. or something like that, um, there's something considered n- not compassionate or uh, or not empathetic about offering. Ways they could empower themselves, or take things in their own hands, or, or mitigate problems, or whatever. Uh, the onus is is just saying like, hey, no, try don't victim shame me. I should stop being abused this way, and that is true. You, you should never be injustice should be faced. But for your own personal triage day to day life yep. experience yeah, 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 of yeah. life, why I do not want to ever fully surrender. My experience into the hands of someone else. Yep, yep, yep. I'm telling myself a fundamental lie by doing that. Yep, and that there is something really say, about saying like, this isn't about creating a situation where I'll be able to endure the abuse more. There's a thing. Do you feel like
1: a, an outsider as a person? Do you feel like a, an inherent deep outsiderness to who you are? Yes. Yeah, that's an interesting. Thing. I remember my therapist I said I feel that like to an me. alien. You know? Yeah. Like, pretending to be a person at one point, I never uh, or an otherness. I'm not pretending, otherness.
2: but trying to be. Yeah.
1: It's a very uh, interesting thing. It's easy to talk about when you're a little uh, intoxicated, but I remember hearing that for the first time with this guy being uh, my therapist being like, he kind of he does a thing. Well, he he's a good therapist in that he doesn't do what we'll do, which is here's what you should do, and here's what the truth is, and here's what's happening. He'll just listen, and then every now and then, as he'll talk, he'll kind of like throw something out. Right. And that, that's where that's I the like, best therapist. That's yeah. And I know that that's where the truth is. And one time he said that where he was just like, you ever like do this? Is that? He's like, you always feel like you're on the outside looking in. And he said all these kind of things, but it wasn't like he was like a um, a psychic laying out four yeah. different options and then kind of going to which one I made the facial expression toward. It truly was like. Oh no, that was, he was telling me something yeah. about myself. And I think that there's something uh, to that with a lot of these conversations because you end up going through life and being like, Oh, there's just a, uh, um, when you, when you see the good and the bad, like the left doesn't and the right doesn't, then it's very easy for me at least to be like, I don't, I I can't, I'm not going to go to most of the marches and yeah. I'm not going to go to most of the protests and I'm never, and, and and gun control and all that stuff. I'm going to look into it and I'm probably not going to make cool tweets about it like I should. And I'm also never going to support our president. I'm not going to support the tribalism that our country is breeding yeah. and I'm not going to support anything that um condones anything in that area or in certain areas and it's like I can't agree with any of
2: them. Like I, I don't know. Yeah, I I uh there's no I don't know. I feel lost there's in no the mix. There's no winner in this situation. Yeah, I think the reality of, I don't know, I, I've made my uh, principles of kind of existence and morality. Dude,
1: I remember you did a thing where you you did a post, maybe it was years ago, uh-huh. but it was a gun violence post yeah. about the fascination with guns. Yeah, and you well, articulated so well, and I don't know if you still stand by it. I do, probably. In that moment, I remember being like, oh, that is what it is. There is a, for sure, it's a sexual like attachment to guns. That's like, right. I think it is absolutely, men need that and to we take it from them it, it is violence, to take yeah. their yeah
2: and we crave the tools of violence yeah there's something in us that loves that exactly and i think it and great go for Liter- it it's enjoy. so funny keep going but i remember reading
1: that and being like oh that there's something to that and it sticks with me where when i think about the whole gun control thing i'm like you're not getting it like you, right. it's the same thing when I go to the, the, not the alt-right people, but at least the, um, Jordan B. Peterson tribe. And I'm like, right. you're, you're not, you're not the Ben Shapiros, the, the yeah. hyper intelligent people. Well, they're, I'm like, you, you're still not getting
2: it. They're predicated all the, any, which this is now, any ism, three. any like, I believe any sort of like political party, whatever is fundamentally predicated on like a set of rules for how things should be. And, and when you do that, like, you just, I don't know, my overwhelming sense a lot of the time later, lately, uh, when people start to talk about anything that's like a normal, down, right down to The Bachelor or something like yeah. that, or yeah, you're talking, yeah, about, sure you're whatever, talking about whatever, talking about politics and The Bachelor, what's the fucking difference, honestly, is like a feeling of just, oh, you think this is real? Like, yeah. oh, you think this is all, that all's real? And the thing you're arguing, the baiting, the numbers you're showing at me, all these things... It, it's like it to me. The weird yeah. feeling of it. The yeah. weird feeling of it's like, oh, it. Youth. You believe. Oh, this. that's and also like and you're just the the feeling to me is of uh, in a relationship, a romantic relationship. I I have this thought that doesn't mean I don't still do it, but that when you've reached the lawyering phase and I'm presenting evidence, you talked about this, you know, yeah, this and I and I am trying to uh, say, oh, but you said this, and Remember? so that means you must feel this way. And they're standing in front of you telling me I don't I feel this way. But you said yep. you know, and you're doing the whole evidence presentation of evidence, seeking of guilt, that kind of thing. The relationship's done. Like you you've missed the fucking boat, uh, and now you're down into this weird range of saying believing things are real and trying to argue about what's real instead of just yep. listening. That to me is the political thing too. A lot of the time, or whatever somebody else. Yeah, the yeah. moment
1: you start going, we're uh, under the blah 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 blah, yeah. and you listen. You're like, you're. That's when uh, it's the it's the um, conservative version of sometimes what we fall into when we talk yeah. <laughs> on this podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. which is talking around, talking at, talk and and talking, and then not being like. It's the same thing yeah. that we were talking about. It all—it's all the same shit, well, man. I, what
2: I think is a, a, a thing, like so, guns. I'll talk. I'm going to talk about guns. Talk about I'll guns first, Jerry. Let's guns. get guns. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I'll take that one. Well, welcome to the last um, episode of. Uh, yeah, probably. Let's see. Oh my good, bad. Right now we're doing okay, man. This are fine. fine. Careful, Worship careful, balls. careful, careful, careful. The bag. Um uh yeah i like guns a lot i grew up really loving they're, they're, them they're, they're fucking awesome them. have you seen that you can shoot things with them it, it's awesome. so crazy i do something over here something happens over there there's a big sound there's fire it's exciting. <laughs> i feel it Dude. it's nice it's I like hold it it's remote hand. controls and fireworks mixed together yep. it's everything um i aim at it, it makes it a game it's fun <sighs> it's so fun they're, they're let me tell you something about weapons okay they're built to fit your body and your desires they're built for that they're built to feel good in your hand and to feel like a part of you and to be powerful and to give you this wielding thing over love, life and death. That's what they are. And I truly believe everybody who loves the to me, like the people who are like, it's about my right to protect myself or this or that or whatever the fuck it is. And it's a political thing. It's written in this paper somewhere or something like that. I think there's something a lot of people don't like to face and admit, especially the men who love them, which is... Um, one of the the best thing about them is that they kill people and they feel good to hold and that there's something about them that does whisper to you, let's kill somebody.
1: And that is where I think a lot of that, uh, this is where I hope a lot of people who listen to me don't listen to this ever, but yeah. the, the, um, I need this to protect myself. I have to be able to protect myself is the same as I want to be able to protect myself. Which that's is like
2: wonderful. The
1: moment that person comes in, guess who's got a gun and can finally feel that cold rush of killing a human being. Cause I yeah. have it. I know I want to, there's a part of me that's like, well, I would love to gun down a couple people. It, it's hard. To, yes.
2: Well, this is, I think, a weird thing. Not about, truly, but no, you know that. He- like- I yes. The the hero stories in our culture of what it is to be a man, and and even let's take that out to live an adventurous, to live a full life. At some point in that narrative, most of the movies, all legendary, whatever. At some point, you kill someone. You know. Yeah. Uh, and that has to happen for you to be realized in the rich experience of life
1: and that feeling it is an extreme that that most men on some level according to the john wayne story never get to achieve there's always the manliness which is a life capitalism oh fun
2: yeah even the pain uh, even the pain of being able to say to people uh oh you never want to feel that man you never want to know what that's like all of that narrative that you get to have by killing that's people that's
1: the same conversation people who are rich and famous say to people who aren't rich and famous they go what's it like being famous i'm like you don't want it Promise right. you don't want it, and every person's like trying. Yeah,
2: but that would and be I'm like, like trying but it would be so sure. fun to be able to say all that stuff to smoke Dude. a fucking cigarette, to be broken forever, and to say like, yeah, 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 I did that once. When uh, you don't exactly. want to ever know that, pain, you want to be brother. that storied,
1: like yeah, yeah. that and, rough and, and, and you know, and it's
2: even as simple as tribes, uh, warlike tribes, and once you got blooded in combat, that's when you became a man. That kind of yeah. stuff. That I I think people don't want to face, and that as a, a, an idea by itself. I think it's a I do fucking combat sports for this reason I think we should be able I love shooting guns for this reason to have that conversation with this scary thing like when there is a feeling unlike a screwdriver unlike uh, something else a knife that's for cooking um, it's beyond you that feels when you hold it in your hand does feel like it's going to of its own accord like it's meant to point at people the weight of it oh yeah and there's something about that spiritual that like in, in the shape of something it's just like seeing a car that is a fast car it's shaped in a way that you go that's a car that's for going fast you know like yep. objects are imbued with their own uh, uh, intent dude you know? i had um i my
1: roommate is a as a philosopher which many people can say that who are in college but not right. many right but yours say that. truly is he actually is and we hang out a fair amount. And at one point we were going to go shoot guns and I, and I was like, yeah, I was like, sign me up. He was, he's kind of in the same boat of like, you know, of course, whatever we should do, we should do. But definitely like the same thing where it's like, I'm going to experience this. Like I'm going to go shoot again. And it was like that day that I, or like the week after the th- two days after that, like Vegas happened yeah. or something, something happened. And I was like, I can't, Yeah, I was like, I'm not going to do it. I was that's like, for one, I don't sensitive. want to. Yeah. <laughs> I was like something, but I'm also aware that I'm not, that's a bad idea on so many levels. Like it's a bad idea to be the guy who goes to do it and it doesn't yeah. feel good. Like it doesn't feel good to be like here I am, guns are so cool, I yeah. hope nothing bad happened, like, on yes. the heels of something? No, you Ugh. feel,
2: that that's because context matters. The things that happen to our fellow humans matters. Paying attention matters. and And I think that's the big disconnect. Yes, the problem of firearms is not completely the firearm. I'm just saying, as a gun enthusiast, you're lying if part of the appeal of guns to you isn't, knowing that they kill people and and you're lying if there's not a party that says yeah it kind of is made for that one thing and there is a yeah, very dark dark secret tiny honest. part of me just tell me what, just just be
1: like look man they make me feel good like in, in that's instead right. of instead in a, in of a way little, that is um, truly indefensible. Well, technically, from, an assault weapon is a blah blah well, that blah. and that is and the all that dumbest shit. fucking shit. Yeah, and, but in, the, that. Well, you know, actually, in the 1800s, assault weapon, and it, that's like that. I know, and he's a good guy, and they're all, and that's me going. I have sympathy yeah. toward that that side, but uh, it's uh, it, well, a. <laughs> it's I, like come yeah. on, man. give So me a I break. think
2: that I think that that is true. Now, I also think people should, in their highest and best expression be dredging up these dark things, interacting with them in safe ways, experiencing them. I love shooting. I love shooting like from a holster doing like, I have a friend who's a bodyguard who took me shooting and we did like these drills and it is fucking thrilling as martial artists to not just sit there and shoot at a thing, but someone says, and you have to move and step in front of someone and draw a fucking loaded gun. that's that's cool. You know, so cool, man. And just the notion that like, I could accidentally kill someone. I got to really dial in and pay attention here. It's a profound experience. Yeah that our nation seems to be proving is not mature enough to have. <laughs> that's how I feel, I suppose. It's a profound
1: experience that our nation seems to be proving it's not mature enough to have. That's right. Wow, that actually, that might be, uh, that's the actual first time in this podcast so far mm-hmm. that you have actually convinced me of something. Like, and I, and I only mean that in the sense of like, we agree on most things. And so it's easy, yeah. easy, you know, anyway, but then that I'm for sure latching yeah. on to. It is a profound yeah. experience that are, that mo- even, I don't know if I'm mature enough to handle I am like, and I know I wouldn't do right. anything bad with a gun ever, but, um, like try me. I like knowing that I,
2: I have, if I had a gun, I would like knowing I had it. More, more yeah. maybe than actually having it. I still want. One. I mean, I, technically, I own one. Uh, there's like this yeah, shotgun on the wall, yeah. which is a real gun. It's like a hundred years old. I bought it when I was at the uh, was I was a butcher, and um, I was became a butcher because I had never hunted or been close to that I wanted to really. That thing's
1: a hundred years old.
2: Uh, nineteen eighteen, I think. Wow, it looks 18. like it's nineteen like eighty eight or something. It's a Winchester the, Model Twelve. The thing, the chamber, the what do you a Remington eight seventy. Well, what's the name of the thing? The slide. The slide. The grip that you like. The that you, you know. Yeah, that the grip. Pump, that grip. Know.
1: The pump. Whatever. It looks like something from the eighties. Yeah, well, the old.
2: Mossberg eight seventy and the Winchester uh, Remington, no Remington eight seventy, the Mossberg five hundred are very similar. They're all kind of model the same thing. They stopped making the Winchester Model twelve. Um, but it was made in 1912 and I checked the serial number. I looked it up cause I bought it used and it is like 1918. I think it was made. Have you fired it? I haven't. I know it has been fired because I took it to get refurbished and like fixed and they shoot yeah. it before they give it back to you. Um, but I never shot it. It just sat in my closet for the longest time. And, um, when are you it gonna shoot it? it. What, what are you gonna when are you gonna shoot it? I don't know if I will ever shoot that gun. I don't I don't know if I really want You're gonna to to die like, having never shot that gun, huh? I. you know what? Probably it will end up getting shot at some point. But there's no ammunition for it in my house even. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't own a gun. I I I was very close to buying a gun uh earlier this year. Similarly, had that thing with you uh that you had where some another shooting happened and I was just like, Man, I don't wanna be that person. I don't yeah, want to yeah. do that. And that um Man, I do see them as tools. And also as somebody who is, I, I don't like the idea of making myself helpless. I do think that good people, uh, because I'm a conspiracy theorist, nut job, I'm like, I thought, I think society's going to collapse. And I would rather, um, in the post-apocalypse, that not just the maniacs who are fantasizing about bloodlust now are the ones that survive. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, I always thought that about, like, my friends, like, people who are really funny well, and sensitive like were like, I don't even want to live in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And you're like, no, you have to, because otherwise the world will have nobody funny and sensitive and interesting in it. Yeah,
1: either. it's just a bunch of yeah, but anyway, too seriously taking themselves people.
2: Owning gun, um, the gun thing, that But I'm one. interested
1: why you don't, why you've never shot it or had any kind of... Uh, uh,
2: that one, I don't know. It's I don't know. It's a shotgun. It's just nice and kind of old and... I don't. I don't know. I I didn't really go shooting for it. It was always like the intention, but then like, you know, you, when do you find the weekend? You, when are you um, gonna do the thing? You know? Did you mean to say shopping, but you said shooting? No, no, no. I meant like shooting. Like I mean, like I didn't really go shooting for it. Oh no! I mean, I just didn't go shooting. Like I didn't like have an oh, event where okay. like there was an opportunity. I thought you, know? you were.
1: Saying, I didn't really go shopping for it, and then you said shooting, and I wondered if there was like fun Freudian thing no, there. That's funny. No.
2: Yeah. I mean, shooting, hey. shopping. I, yeah. Sometimes a gun's just a gun. Sometimes a gun's just a gun. Well, let's talk yeah, about capitalism. Well, hold on, hold on. Okay. Do you want to come back to capitalism? Let's, well, let's wrap up the gun thing. That, let's that wrap thing up the maybe gun. that was the end of it. Maybe that's a good spot where you said, yeah, that it's it's a very profound, uh, essential experience that we should that all humans deserve. But I feel to the end, drive for, it, and I can't encounter. judge anybody. I'm yeah. totally. I'm mixed on all of that, which stuff. I truly I, believe that we're not capable of having. And also, I'm not a believer in doing nothing because oh, all things are just equal, and uh, the fact that we haven't tried. To, like, just fucking I know, get rid that of That
1: part is where I'm 100% um, like, well, let's yeah. give it a go, you know? Hey, when let's fucking like, give that a go. If you look at go. the facts from da-da-blah-blah, blah, no, the, because the, I do the think, nation of blah-blah, I'm like, let, well, let's yeah, see what we
2: do. Yeah, it's, it's despite the thing that I said that it does whisper to you, like, let's go kill some people, So uh, most people are completely capable of, like, yeah, that gun can't override you know my will.
1: To that, to that note, here's what I'm going to say that I think we tend to forget. And I think this is going to be one of those moments where I sound a little simple and that's great. I like it. I think that we're Americans and Americans have a rebellious nature in us. And a murderous one. And a murderous, horridly murderous. Mm -hmm. Also a very altruistic nature and especially a very like brethren sort of like we have a high rate of, um, our patriotism is, is, Mm -hmm. is off the charts. Um, I do think that there's something to be said for like, when it comes to Americans owning guns, mm-hmm. it's a different battle than other countries because we yeah. are born out of rebellion and, uh, and we have a rebellious spirit. And we have a F you where America, these yeah. colors don't bleed kind of thing. I agree. And so I think it's uh, I, but I think those colors don't bleed. I think there's truth to that. Like yeah. there's, when I go and I see war monuments and like what this nation has done and like the, the veterans and the, the sacrifices that have been made, it's, I do think it's beautiful. And I uh, I don't mind it. I, and I think it uh, applies to the gun thing where when, when it comes to gun rights, you're dealing with a, a, a type of people in the American gun owning. The average American gun owner yeah. may not know that they enjoy the thrill of killing a human being. That's right. Or they may not confront it on a conscious level. They may not. But they also might unconsciously be... Altruistic and sweet and good and 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 yeah. and whole and fulfilled, and I think that's where I, where my disconnect happens. With I think the, that's
2: true. I do think that people who live in cities and such and whatever don't truly understand the context of a gun just being part of everyday life. It would be like like I went to uh, like I go to New York, right, and uh, totally cosmopolitan liberal whatever city, but weed's illegal, and you're like, or Chicago, and you're like, that's insane, yeah. Like, that that has reached the point that I was like if you went to a, some state or city and they're like you can't have beer in the whole state it's not legal to have beer it does feel that way you would be like what the fuck are you talking about and it would just be so insane to dude see I was in
1: Indi- when I was in Indianapolis yeah. I was in Uber I was like
2: so weed here and like oh
1: no 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 yeah and I was like wait I was like so I could like Get, like, arrested? Yeah. And yes. And they were like, isn't that, oh, you would immediately get yeah. arrested and tried and convicted. And I was
2: like, holy the crap. The idea that something so <laughs> innocuous and nothing and, like, whatever. Oh, it was adorable. Would, could arbitrarily be like, you're going to jail. We're going to ruin yeah. your life for this. Yeah, you're it done. Makes no fucking sense and does elicit in you some kind of, like, cosmic injustice where he, if that yeah. were going on, you would be like, what the f- Fuck, fuck you. You can't do that. That's, I'm a sovereign being. Yeah. You're, you know? Uh, and I think that liberals and people who don't grow up with guns, which I did not, but I've seen and I, I think don't understand that it's that for so many people. Yep. Yep, you're yep, trying yep. to ban beer right now. You know what I mean? That is what it is. Yeah, yeah. You're, that's a great analogy. It's, and so that's it's, like an impossible it's that divide that way with so much of our political discourse
1: because yeah. the people who, like my father, who I struggle with his political beliefs because he's sort of Trump uh, supporter to a degree that yeah. I'm not
2: or can't even relate to yeah. at all. Do you, are you, You're not though, right? No, God, no. <laughs> I um, think I just, to protect you, I'd like to put that out there. No, yeah, I mean, definitely it, that, protect that's me. That's not even a political thing. That's like... Come fuck I, I'm Anyway,
1: a, I'm against him on a level that is um, guttural and spiritual, and it yes. hasn't always been that way because there's a nihilist in me that has enjoyed his antics, of um, course. And I and I, I like his, I like the showmanship. I, I there, I I yeah. like the absurdity, dude.
2: I like that the same way I like billionaires going to the Mars and shit like that. Uh, to be frank, yeah. because I like it up until the point where there's some hard realities of like the mortality caused by their yeah. buffoonery. That also, makes I'm, me... I'm against so much of what the
1: left does and. Stands for that, or not what they stand for, but at least how they enact it. That I'm totally really. I, I there's a part of me that's a little bit of a. Uh, we've talked about this a little bit, but the 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 Zizek thing of like, um, oh, that should uh, all be just dissolved and. No,
2: well, there, there are needs, you talking about neoliberal establishment or like Neoliberals and
1: the? Um, I, I believe that there needs to be an actual leftist movement. That's that correct. Is I agree. The socialist kind of a, an actual genuine leftist yes. agenda. I, there needs yeah. to be something that's like here's what we're going to do. Things are going to change. and yeah. They're going to change now. Yeah. And in order for that to happen, it wouldn't
2: have happened. With Hillary, and that's all. I'll that's say correct. That okay, yes. Yeah, so that that becomes very confusing because the most yes, liberal. Left, when we say left, it's going back and forth. When I uh, anyway, this I think is I, off topic. We're,
1: I think I'm I'm pretty insanely left to a level that that's I, right. I, I agree with a lot of the right. Right. <laughs> like I think uh, I'm so left that yeah. I'm like I see where you're coming
2: from. I okay, you're fascist basically. Uh, or no. you lean towards fascism? No, I
1: don't lean toward fascism, and I don't <laughs> lean toward anything like that. I'm at a place where I think that I think the left has failed, and I think the right has failed, and so I go, oh, well, I know yeah. the left, and they failed. I do think a divide so has become,
2: know. just in terms of vocabulary, a divide is expressed now between left and liberal. That e- left is like the yeah. true, empathetic, uh compassionate human Maybe. tribe. I actually, I I, I I, Liberal. Liberal is not. Is like the Democrat the democrats. Yeah,
1: I am um, I really I really think democrats are um very very garbage. Um, they're
2: very bad. I th- yeah. I am in very strong agreement with that. I think they're very bad. they very bad, um, but I I truly don't like the killing of people, you know? That's a that's well, that my, that's one of my big stances, yeah. uh, you know. It's always something. And uh man, democrats love to bomb people as much as anyone else. Uh, you know that's Do you that's don't you feel my like big you're thing. supposed to try to be funnier. Do you feel like we're we should be trying? To no, be uh, this is not f- about being funny. I know, but I feel like every now <laughs> and then I'm like
1: say something snarky nah it's just
2: being people you should feel that pressure that's fine I understand that I think that's a, that's you get where it's coming a I think from. that's a generous thought to have because yeah you, you're you like I don't know it's a million things it's an escape hatch maybe from the seriousness we're talking about but mostly I think it's the, in, the performer's inclination to consider the listener and say I want to make sure they're having a good time consider the listener that's a nice
1: thing yeah that's what um, it is
2: but I'm not worried about it because I really don't know what the fuck this is going to be. This this one is, I'm really, I'm fucking loving it. And so I don't know. I think it's great. I think it could be either your best episode or the one that's you know definitely what? not heard at hey, all. Hey, here's going to be a hot take. Sizzling hot, hot off the griddle. Let me hear take, it. Take, okay? Podcasting. It's like sex. Okay. When you worry too hard about trying to please the other party, you're just not doing it right. And hey, if you feel good... And you're really liking it. That's probably some good sex the other person's having too. Do you know what I mean, though? Just writing this down. I maybe. just don't even know. I might be I'm Just writing it the down. Note. Oh, you need to take the notes on the. Um... See, Jared yeah, no, no. said when lovemaking. Yeah, take take Hang what on. you want. Hang take on. what you want. I got it. People like it. Don't try too hard to please. Here's the craziest thing. Because if you try to, that feeling <laughs> you have when that you're a trying to be Gary Shandling. No. The satisfaction that you feel when you make a partner Mm -hmm. climax—they feel that too, for you. I know, isn't that crazy? Isn't that fucking crazy, Mm -hmm. man? Realizing that is like, oh, it's freeing. It's wonderful. We're wonderful, dirty people, like humans. Just little, like you know, living. I know, little snivelly thing. I fucking love thinking about that. I love thinking about it. We're just full of guts, you know. That like, and sometimes we like leak. Like you're just full of all this fucking goop and then you got to pee and poo it sometimes. Or <laughs> that's, like you cut where, yourself. that's where my, my yin yang diagram comes from.
1: Yeah. Like we are mostly goop and guts and disgust. And every now and then we're like, God dang sunsets are beautiful.
2: Yeah. It's like life is a, is a long journey of just trying to keep most of the goop and guts inside for as long as possible. Well let's figure this out. I think you have you thought about editing this? Let's go off record, Maybe I but have really no like, idea let's how to edit record. it. Are you gonna are you thinking
1: about not using this episode? Because I totally get it and I I'm won't be think, offended. No,
2: I don't I don't know. I know. This one's so off the so
1: rails. What if you did a thing where you first of all you could include commentary about the episode? Of course. Which would be insane. I'm going to. No it's never been done on Good Bad Brain. My good bad brain has never done this before. And have you thought about editing it? Because there's some parts where that no one should hear. <laughs> like for sure
2: and for their own sake not because
1: it's scandalous but because it's so it's
2: i know it's Th- that's being... what i'm trying to figure i mean maybe that's a possibility that's a possibility are you an editor do you know how to yeah go i in can and... do all that i'm an engineer all myself we'll see i would never put someone else through this oh my god i mean i will put all the listeners through this who are listening right now but i mean i would never whatever an ends up
1: being it, it's a product you put people through but yeah I worry about. D-
2: this is going to be like, did you listen to that Sam Harris, uh, Jordan Peterson interview, their first one, where they like spend no, two I, and a half hours having like an ontological argument or something about like um, what truth is? Yeah, no, I, I I know that that's what happened and I didn't listen to it for that very reason. I did and I found it fascinating, which is like just, just the, you know, the the conversation the dynamic where I just like, yeah, I don't know. I, um.
1: Especially when they're two heavy hitters who you think should be able to be like, Hang on, we're not really talking yeah, about Yeah, I, I do
2: I, think, I do find Jordan Peterson to be disingenuous or intellectually dishonest at in some level, but I can't really give like a ton of like examples of it. It's I love like a, a lot
1: of what Peterson says. I, you know, he, uh, I think he, he says a lot of good things. Oh, really? Yeah, but I, I don't, really I, know.
2: I don't, I, I'm and not. I think I've heard some of it and it seems like pretty basic, like, yeah, these are fine. He's like a psychi- psychologist. And yeah, the, you it's know.
1: very, it's basic. It's pick yourself up by the bootstraps kind of, especially for a generation of males who don't have that. And I think that's helpful. Well, I think but, that's probably
2: why he's weaseling in as this character now that everybody's yes. like, oh. And now
1: the character is taken over, and it's a little Milo Yiannopoulos thing where it's, there's a brand, and there's a company, and there's a thing, and it's, sure, I see what's happening, and it's great, but it's like, oh, I. This is what this is when he it all i think there's a, actually a debate between him and Gishick schedule and i'm so excited oh i would i would be interested in yeah, that yeah i'm like f- i love more than anything and i like, will check out Zizek
2: cuz i've heard other i've heard him reference in other podcasts and people that i like and they're usually making a joke about it but they take the piss out of everybody so i I'm, but i'm curious to hear I am, not, in, I, I am not an accelerationist i think i've I, we've had that argument yes, at some point have, i don't believe I, in that at and all and I, I
1: don't think it's accelerationism to 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 readily assess the inadequacy of the
2: left. Well, I do agree with current. that. I totally agree with that. I just meant like the people who are like, you should vote for Donald Trump. And I no, know, no, of course not. That's course what I meant. Not. Like taking that never in a million
1: life. years. Would I say vote for Donald Trump so that it escalates a leftist agenda. I think it's dumb and weird. And honestly, I think it's kind of like, you want to talk about circle jerking. That's like some circle jerking shit where yeah. you're like, Oh, I'm going to vote for the, I'm so hip. That's hipster shit where
2: you're that's like, that's hipster shit. That's grotesque. I don't, I just don't believe in that. But I do think that Trump
1: winning could be i think it's interesting because it like, might
2: end up happening it could it be might the end up best thing
1: that happens for a left and it's happening like i've told yeah. my, i texted my mom and i was like i'm out i was like just so you, in case there was any clarification i will net whoever is running against this man yeah next i'm voting against and yeah. i want that to be known and she was like yeah she's like good yeah of course and she's very yeah. she's a republican yeah she's a, you I, know. I think
2: the analogy i came up with for that we talked about it before but i think it's worth repeating is like It's very easy to start convincing yourself of the necessary evil or some shit when you're like, well, everything worked out better because it got so fucking bad, but just morally, that's always going to be a failing and bullying is the best way to look at it is like, you know, bullying very arguably makes you better or something. Not, no, that's wrong it is possible that you could become a bigger person because of the way you dealt with bullying Mm -hmm. you could become and without the stimulus of that bullying which is does not inherently make people a better person oh my god dude i've this
1: conversation with buddies of mine who i'm like some of my best friends are like don't assume that because we've talked about hardship especially in comedy and the world of comedy right the idea of a hardship or a trauma or something like that is something that's that's common but I don't believe it's inherent because yeah. I think that there's a thing that happens where we assume, and we do this a lot with bullying because bullying yeah. became this hot subject like seven years ago. Yeah. And people are like, you can't bully. And then all these other people are like, no, bullying is a good thing because it gives you character. Yeah, and it's that's neither. Yeah. It's completely all, like all of it boils down to whether or not you actually take what you have yep. and use it for good and use it to like grow yourself. Well, but yeah, I, don't I do
2: believe. I do think that I, it's perfectly fine and comfortable and true to say bullying is inherently bad in this, you know, in the sense as defined by what I believe bullying is commonly accepted to be, which is the relentless predation uh, on a, on a weaker party by a stronger one. Yeah. But I'm saying something is bad. I wouldn't or, like, it, I don't think it
1: means it's not common and ubiquitous. Like I think well, it's that's inescapable. Correct. I, like, I, I
2: I think it's maybe inescapable. Either way, it's cruel and it's awful. Of course. Totally uh, a bad thing. And we know, and basically I'm saying, if you knew that a child would become a better person later because of getting ruthlessly bullied, would you you still wouldn't, given the choice, say, yeah, fucking ruthlessly, let's have more ruthless bullies out I there. I know. I've heard stories about that. Of Like,
1: my father, you know, went through a hard time, so he, like, made sure that I went through the same type of time. Yeah. And, like, that, that's, like, a common thing. Where well, it's, like, I,
2: I think it's part of a grander illness where we convince ourselves we're doing the right thing just to, like, work out our pathologies. But I just truly believe that really just boils down to hurt people, hurt people, heal people, heal people. Yeah. That yeah. all we do is, we, we don't repeat our traumas... Uh, We might convince ourselves, like, because it was me, it was good for me. I turned out this way. You just have to convince yourself the way you are is good. Like, you know what I mean? I turned out this way, so this is the good way to be. I'm going to recreate it. You know, that presupposes that you truly think that you turned out a good way. That's right. And and I think that's just a coping mechanism. You have to do you want kids? Uh, I don't know. I don't, not particularly, to be honest, right now. I used to think for sure I really want to be a dad. I I like how old are you? I'm 32. Three, but okay. I, I uh, now it's there are so many people. There's so much stuff to love. I, you know, that needs that stuff, and I don't know that we need more people. And sometimes the idea of it is just like, what world am I going to bring them into, and yeah. why would I do that? And uh, and as I get older, and you enjoy, think it's a bad world. Do, I don't. I don't ever buy that. Do I think argument. it's a bad? I don't think it's a bad world. Like
1: I, I don't. I don't.
2: I love like, the I don't, world. If people are like oh, this world, I'm going to bring a child. And just like of course this is the world you know. I don't... There's something about it, the attachment-y stuff about it that I'm like... There's something funny. I can't explain it. It's not the simple idea of just it's your ego expressing itself. There's just no part of me that's just like thinks it's uh especially precious and magical that you've done that that yeah. you d- you know it to me it feels more like a thing that happens or not i used well, to joke all, about it like yes. rats you just have them and then like you know they survive or they don't i don't know like they you know if it happens it'll be part of my life but it's weird to me to think about that it would be the defining factor of my totally organism. but d- uh,
1: apart from the the it being the defining factor and it being this expectation and grandiose thing like i don't buy into the this world um like uh, I, how cruel would it be for me to bring in a child to this chaotic, like Trump is the president. How can I uh, ever get pregnant? I want to kill
2: myself. I'm yeah. Well, shit. I mean, I, the Trump's the president thing I thought about the other day, I was like, Hey, say what you will about that fucking dude. Uh, he hasn't killed like a million Iraqi civilians yet. You know, that's funny. And like, wow. uh, not as a joke even, but just that reality of like, we don't care. What we care about is an aesthetic or something that offends our ideas of propriety more than we care about actual mortal oh, consequences of Oh, no one gives a, Obama, like, gives a crap about
1: Obama. Nobody gives a
2: crap about what he actually did and the like, bad stuff that he everyone's did. Everyone's like, man, oh, we're missing George Bush. Like, George, George Bush is on screen like, you know... And he presided over uh, decisions that did that. And even while saying that, I think in reality, I understand that he's just somebody who hold accountable and should be held. Like, somebody should be held accountable. But that he was just a person in these hallways and stuff. And he doesn't have a connection to the yep. choices murdering millions. No, I shook his hand. I shook, I've yeah. shook uh, George W. Bush's hand. I just hand think hand. it's weird that like that person's like a, we have, we a joke. Up. It's funny. It's cute. You know, Trump will like, make some fucking pottery after he like nukes pakistan or whatever or no it would be iran not pakistan that kind of syria out. you know what i mean like it i don't know you just you well, can't talk about escape capitalism. it's like, well let's talk about capitalism because that is attached to this thought and i think the thought of what is so infuriating about the thing you're saying about the 55 million dollar check that will you know that a billionaire could just shit out or whatever is like i think people at a certain level of money and when it becomes a number and I think billionaires truly this is the analogy I I think that is the truest one for me that in my perception is it's like giving blood is like um, I don't give blood every day I don't or every what two weeks platelets every two months if you give whole blood I don't do it every time I can I try to actually it is something I try to keep but but I forget uh, and you know it doesn't it just doesn't occur to me and most people who never give blood are walking around with all this blood that other people could use and need all the time children's hospital they need it all the time It just doesn't occur to them that they have a thing that other people could really use to stay alive. They just have it. That's their existence. It doesn't seem strange to them because people are only an expression of their experiences, you know? Uh, And so when you talk about the ultra-wealthy, the generational wealth, it's not so much people become billionaires immediately, but the generational wealth that offends people— I think that's the closest thing of like ignorance, not malevolence is like, it doesn't occur to them that it would really make a difference to you if you had one month of rent, you know what I mean? Just to get ahead of the rat race. Yeah. And I think a lot of the billionaire stuff, the frustration becomes th- the disconnect that people have from these imaginary numbers they see on, on you know, that they've accumulated or that we read in the paper or see on, on digital uh, ticker tape machines. The disconnect of that from the reality of someone's uh, heat getting shut off and not being able to afford food and being like just their whole life being anxiety when you bump into somebody's bumper because you're like, oh, I fucking knew it. I couldn't pay yeah, my yeah, insurance yeah. premium this month. You know what I'm saying? And that the, the results in genuine life I or wondered, death changes. I wonder if
1: the thing that I don't get is I don't think I could ever become a billionaire. I think if you gave me, if you were like, we're going to give you a million dollars a month. You couldn't. I don't think I could do it. I think I would keep myself. I would keep myself from it happening.
2: You probably would.
1: If you gave me a paycheck, that account, that if I just lived a normal life, I would end up being a billionaire. I don't think I would do it. And that is the one you wouldn't be able to maintain it. You're saying you said you figured out a way to dissolve. I get it? out of it. I would get the fuck out. Ah. Of it. Yeah, I would spend it. And and also, I don't. I know about myself that I don't treat money seriously. Yeah, and I don't view it as the thing that. Because um, I've gone through a little bit of a rough time in my life and I know and money wise with finances and I know like inherently that I just don't give a shit. Like I know right. because I know that a lot of the rough patches that I've been in have been a result of circumstance, but also a lot of them have yeah. been a result of me truly not giving a shit. And if I want to have fun with somebody or impress them or like spend time with them or spend money on them, I absolutely will. And I know that that, that I know that I think that if I were making a shit ton of money, I would just do the exact same thing. I would I know mm-hmm. right now. That if I what I would do is take people to expensive dinners all the time. Exactly, <laughs> you know, make my friends all go yeah. to dinner. You know? Yeah, make my friends go to dinner and take them out and like have a good time and do it in a way that's not like showy. Like I'm not wouldn't be trying to like be like look at me now. But I feel very no. I feel very inherently indebted to a lot of the people in my life, and I think that if I had a chance to like pay that debt back, I don't think I would stop. Like I think I would spend a, yeah, la- you a large portion of my life being like here's yeah he, let see me show god's you the god's plan
2: video the drake god's plan music video no no uh-uh. that's what he did like the music video it's great it's fucking great man you'll just cry if you watch it. it's just oh, undeniable bet, yeah. but basically the thing is text on the screen says that the label gave us 900 something 97 you know thousand dollars to make this video we gave it all away and the video is just him giving away money big and small being like some of it's like the best my favorite ones are like he's in a grocery store and just gets on the pa and it's like everyone in the store buy whatever you want we got it that's amazing yeah, and like some of it's like giving a big check to a school for like 25 grand for this thing or whatever. Some of it's like this family, and they're just giving up some stacks of cash. They got their kids there. Some of it's like just some teenage girls going on a shopping spree. And to me, the thing of being like, it's not about like, we're giving it to a charity for this thing. It's like the changing power of just a simple generosity and a low level of needs being met. That can be truly life-saving. Yeah. Truly. Like even just getting a month's worth of groceries Like, people who have never been in the true paycheck to paycheck the true rat race of uh, of minimum wage and trying to like work overtime and all those things and never being able to get ahead of wage slavery true true, like wage well, slavery it, I don't think you understand how much you can just by giving them a month of breathing time to maybe get an idea together to express themselves and get things they want in the yeah, world yeah. can change your whole all life because of
1: that becomes like well if I do that it's like teach a man to fish and he'll yeah, you bullshit, know all that though. shit but, yeah, but the problem is like what you don't realize is you don't really need to teach people to fish that's right but people already know how to fish that's otherwise right. you, so it's like if you go uh, instead of being like, um, well, I'm, I don't want to give them this money because it'll just result in the same thing, what they don't get is that the moment you have that money and the moment you're like, I can feed my family and I can pay for my rent, yep. it opens up your brain That's into right. being like, oh, I can do this, 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 all those other options become available that you're totally blindsided by because when you don't have money, you're you're tunnel vision and you're like, I've, in my experience has been like, I could be writing better jokes if I was not stressed out about this. And it's not always money but when it is, I'm like, if I had a little bit of money and I felt it, I've gone, I felt like four days ago, right? Okay, now and I've written like six jokes since then and I'm like, there's something to be said for when you have your basic needs met, you operate at a better
2: standard than if you didn't that is absolutely true I completely agree with Great. that I think there's finally, an American we finally agree yes, I think there's an uh, American myth but is, is a lie in general the pick up by the bootstraps myth to me is the one that says all people thrive under defiant sort of like you can't do this good fucking luck sink or swim attitude that I'll prove them wrong is kind of like the ability to like, like put them throw them all in yeah, there the yeah. toughest will survive and that that's how we get the best results in society that's like free market kind doggy of doggy dog you know. and okay, Darwinism yeah. and I think that is so fucking untrue and we hold up uh, you know the one person who succeeds see if they did it we can do it but if you truly created an air of I know some people do thrive under that that kind of anxiety I think they're just limited I think more often than not something that nobody likes to acknowledge is that if you give people space allowance comfort say Hey, you're okay. You're going to be provided for and you don't have to do, you don't have to do anything, but now you are allowed to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. That's when people fly. I really think that when when you face somebody with like, you can't do it. When you give them instead, like, I know you can do this because that's what happens with me. People, I I rely sometimes on the outside visions of others to have an idealized version because I don't always have a good picture of myself. And if someone who loves me and believes in me gives me that idea of myself, I will fulfill that. Yep. But I kind of am susceptible to fulfilling the idea of me as a fucking monster also. I think there's
1: only, like, I think we're, like, these little, like, pine cone things. We have all these little channels in us that are, like, oh, and most of them are plugged up half the time. And a lack of money plugs up more than any of them. Like, more than, like, relationship stuff, more than heartbreak. Heartbreak probably opens a ton of them. Yeah. But, like, if you view your brain and your existence as just this, like, honeycomb of, like shit that needs to be cleared out then just allowing people space and giving them the freedom to feel comfort it allows them to operate yeah. on that level where you're like oh there's your genius there's your truth and there's yeah. your your morality there's all these things that you didn't get a chance to experience because you were too busy working nine to five so that you could yeah. pay for x y and z so of course you're going to vote for
2: X, Y, yeah. and Z. I think the truth of the socialist leftist fantasy of the world view of the world and at the very least i will describe mine is not one that has anything to do with a lack of freedom, like limiting people's ability to excel or get to the highest fucking peaks. All they want to do is raise the floor yeah. so that nobody is allowed to go hungry, homeless, die because of an illness that can be cured. Because th- that's where the artists are. That's where that's the beauty right.
1: is and the love and the things that actually matter. If, that if people- we made
2: that available to more people, the, yeah. the whole history would move forward in such an enormous way if people weren't trapped in that thing. I truly believe that.
1: I agree. And you
2: would also leave room that, yes, we're not saying everybody deserves to have a fucking mansion or that there won't be mansions anymore. We're saying all it is is everybody deserves a a certain amount of space, sovereignty, dignity, uh, and respect. Because
1: I will say I want the mansion and I do want the... That's right. But you should be... Everyone will be allowed to try to get the mansion. Yes. But I also want... I want the option to have more than other people. That's I know correct. that's bad. No, 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 no. But I do want it. That's I want fine. to go like, which is like, yeah, exactly. And I think that as long as well, that is preserved and the sense of competition is allowed, I think and legit, yeah. then I think you're in a good place.
2: I would argue with you that you don't even really think that that you don't really want more than other people. You just want the opportunity of more for yourself because yes. I don't. You, you yeah, don't, I don't care about shit. the superior or feeling yeah, that they yeah. have less than you, which yeah, some people do. You got to do that. Is that your thing? Do you think? I think I got to check it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to see if I can take this. We're still talking. We're talking. We are still talking about money and how it is just so toxic and so important in our current paradigm. Uh, I'm still here. The floor. The ability to express yourself. That's what I think. That's what I'm getting at. Competition. I used to make a joke with uh, an ex who hated the idea of competition and stuff like that, I would say, oh, but with uh, without competition, we'd have no losers. Because I knew that that was what <laughs> she was focused on. That was the idea that competing creates harm, creates people who are wounded and lose and lose out. But if you were in a society where yeah. the lowest floor you could fall and losing wasn't a bad thing you went out there and tried it's not a shameful thing but that you you would still uh you would love competition for what most people who love competition love it for which is it pushes us to these heights you see these amazing triumphs you're right right. that's the
1: most articulate that's such that's such an articulate way to put it yeah
2: what i long for and i I love that thank you I believe what I long for and what we're capable of is a society in which we both celebrate victory without punishing loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, sometimes
1: the losers can be punished a little bit, though.
2: Yeah, that's like a true. Hey, fucking get it. Because maybe if it hurts a little at the bottom, you won't stay there that long. Right. Exactly. And then our GDP will rise, you yep. know? And then if you feel a constant interior fear and anxiety and pressure, I'll get more money. I'm fine. I'll get out. more money than my dad had. And that son of a bitch, <laughs> he always held that over me. But I'm bigger than that right, I'm asshole. I'm bigger than
1: him and now that he's gone and I'm still haunted by his memories even though I waited for a very long time for him to pass away so that I could be who I truly was. I'm still to this day. Dude, I've experienced some weird shit where speaking of like that was just a joke about how even after people are yeah. dead, we're still haunted by their memories, so it doesn't really matter even though yeah, you know, all that shit. But yep. like um I so okay Speaking of shadow people, to come full circle. Yep.
2: If I may. I like the segue from fathers to shadow people. Yes. Which I believe is appropriate.
1: Well, yeah, and the segue is is the, the um, I don't remember. But anyway, I had the shadow person thing. <sighs> sorry. I'm so sorry. It's all right. It's, uh, you know what it is.
2: You, you already know what it you is. You know what it is. Had to do it to him. God's plan. Um... <laughs> it is, this is the thing now I hope you're feeling the pressure of my gaze as I say oh wow I better keep talking because yeah. people are going to have this silence. He Could asked I a good question, the silence though. he
1: asked one of those questions that made me go like mm, that's of a good question. course I can Listen, edit the
2: silence so I had a,
1: um, a thing where okay shadow people yeah. so there's shadow people and then I had a grandmother who passed away Okay. Called mm-hmm. her nanny. One of my favorite mm-hmm. people in the world. Uh, beautiful lady. She, I'm not big into like the haunted stuff. I'm very mm-hmm. cynical of it. In fact, I can't
2: express, even as I say this, how sincerely I don't believe what I'm about to tell you. I will tell you that what you're doing right now is something I would associate as an Elliot Morgan trademark of someone who is determinedly cynically intellectual and constantly telling me, I'm not the kind of person who would be this spiritual thing. But here's what I have to tell you is my truth. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you
1: said that after the Fundamentalist podcast. I did? Uh, you, something about that's that. That's weird. That's funny. Yeah. It's just that's, something about me being like the guy who like acts like it's all dark, but secretly knows it's wonderful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just I've, a very spiritually centered being. Oh that's Who has learned perhaps to defend yourself from the actual reality you live in, or wade through it? Uh, I protect my spiritual center
1: that. with intellect. I don't that's know. beautiful. That's anyway, nice. Sorry, anyway, not to get all weird me, and meta. Back to my grandmother. Please. So when my grandmother passed away. And this is not something I enjoy talking about, so I'm going to gloss over it very quickly. But okay. the long story short is that she, I knew she was going to go away, and yep. I flew from LA to Florida, obviously, yeah. and uh, missed her by about three minutes. She she exited okay. the world in about a three minute span. I was very uh, upset about it because I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. So, all that to be said, uh, she. Um, when I was married, there there was a string of photos across my dining area mm-hmm. and, or a bar area. And um, one of them was me and my nanny. I got one of those photos during the separation uh, slash divorce that I went through. And I hung it up in the apartment that I lived at in North no. Hollywood. One day, that thing, that thing fell off the wall, shattered on the floor, broke. And the person I was seeing at the time said, you know, maybe your place is haunted. I said, ha ha. Ha ha, I don't believe such things. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I I put that picture, that shattered frame on my um refrigerator and just to, like, because I'm a procrastinator, it's like, I'll fix it one day. Of course, yep. I never fix it. Right. year goes by, I don't give a shit. I'm living there by myself who gives a shit. So I go to move, and I'm like, I'm going to redo these frames. I bought new frames, yep. and it's a different size photo. So it's like, I'm going to reprint this photo. I'm going to throw out all of these photos that I have that are this size because I no longer have a need for them. Yep. So I grabbed all the other photos off the wall and the shattered photo of my grandmother, went into the chute to dump them out, and as I did, my grandmother's photo, again, falls off of... The- Stack, it gets crazier. Mm -hmm. Mr. Jared Sleeper shatters on the ground when I pick it up. I find in the frame a photo of my dad when he was like four years old and um, old original photo from like the like originally developed or whatever. And I was like, okay, I was like, well, this is a story for sure. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a story, and I start telling people about the story and I start being like, isn't this crazy? And people go, oh, yeah, that's so crazy. Then I go to the beach. I go to the beach every year in Florida, mm-hmm. and I'm talking to, to my family there, and I love them dearly, and they're the best family in the world. And I start talking to a cousin of mine who starts explaining some other story about my nanny and about being like, hey, nanny, like I'm going through this thing. And lo and behold, something literally falls off of her uh, furniture and shatters and is like this thing of like, oh, okay, that's very strange. And so then – I'm in Indianapolis like two weeks ago. I'm mm-hmm. hanging out with my brother and I'm telling the stories and my brother goes, dude, when we were moving out of Maui, um, we were, we, cause my brother and sister-in-law are moving from Maui back to Florida. And, uh, he was like, when we were leaving, uh, as I was throwing away a stack of things, uh, one of nanny's, um, photos fell out of the stack and, and, and smashed on the floor. And I was like, Okay now I'm in, like I'm fully in. And like, it took one time of like just shattering me, and putting on the fridge. Another time of shattering me, finding my dad's, uh, photo, mm. um, uh, m- m- the story from other relatives. And that's just one. There's yeah. multiple beyond yeah. that. And my brother being like, then when we were moving out of Hawaii, which we've wanted to do for however long. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Cause a part of me is like, these weird things happen. It's coincidences. It's around this person. But then another part of me is like, no, something's up and I
2: know there's something and I don't know what it is, but it's crazy. Right? Yeah. Isn't that fun? It is. Yeah. Again, like with the deja vu thing, the shadow people thing, these experiences are so impossible to ignore and so universal. And I think it's really amazing that we just kind of go, huh? I mean, I had grandparents, dude, they, they, they live in you. They live in you. You're literally parts of them that are still here, you know? And, uh, I mean, my grandfather, when he passed away, I remember being at his uh, funeral, there's an urn, they're burying this urn and they're burying the urn in the ground and they're putting the dirt back over it. And I heard him, I I I still ta- talked, I was a ki- I was a teenager of some kind. I don't know. And I was just was like, I'm sorry. I can hear him in my head. He you know, I said, God damn it. You're not building, you're not digging the hole deep enough. It's, you know, and he was always like that. Like, That's he was always like. He yeah. was always like. Uh there's a right way to do things. You you know, he's so meticulous about like he had his, you know what I mean? Like some people keep keep the maintenance logs correctly, you know, like of their car and they keep it in the glove box, like nothing out of place. thing that you know they do. Yeah. Like that very fifties man grandfather thing of like, there's a technique to everything. I'd have learned all of them and these are how you do them, you know? Anyway. And it was just like weird to have that. I've had other like haunty sort of experiences that are um, not familial, but I feel very real about uh, I don't know if I've told. I don't think I have. You want to hear my spookiest one? I think. because oh, I, like, I was gonna say with the shadow person thing, I did have a ghost experience where I felt they were turning the the clock radio on and off. Uh, so it's funny that you said the lamp thing. T- t- I, yeah. you know, and there's like like there's a manifestation of whatever weird interdimensional thing like kind of makes uh analog electronics <laughs> not function. You know. Now the craziest one, the craziest like haunting experience I've I've had. I might have fucking told this story, but I don't care. I'm gonna tell it for your fucking sake, right Please now. Please do. No, don't tell it. Uh, I was a kid. I was a eight, eight or seven or nine something like that. I was in Germany. I have family that lives in Germany. We've had relatives there. Um, my mom's uh, mother who w- was killed when my mom was twelve. Oh my god! So I never knew her. Holy but shit. she was German, and so we've German family. And um, whatever, we're visiting Germany, and. Uh, and, uh, 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 uh so we went on you a field trip for a day somewhere. Yeah. We were just driving around. You we want like a day trip? And my mom didn't tell us where we're going or I don't know. I was just a kid. We're going, you know, on a trip, you know, this van that you rent. And I remember we we're driving and we turned down this, uh, wooded road. We're driving on this wooden road. And all of a sudden I'm this kid, uh, young kid. I just start getting really agitated, really panicky. i terrified all of a sudden. And I start saying, you know, um, Where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? And my mom uh, says, We're just going to this place. That's like what I remember her saying, which I don't know. You know, it seems like that's a thing. We're just going to this place.
1: That's the thing about um children, their memories aren't to be trusted. That's true. So it makes sense that's that you'd be like, I don't know if this is yeah. what happened exactly. Yeah. Because kids, that's the thing. People are like listen to the wisdom of the babes, and I'm like, e- they yeah. you actually can't trust a kid's yep, rendition of I, most things.
2: Exactly. Well, they're w- yes, that's well, that's truth that. But there's some purity. I don't know. There is purity. This experience, yes, uh, so for me, details remains, may be lost,
1: I, but truth in it is. Of course, in her, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. That that like as uh, we go down, the panic continues, and then I start crying, and I can't stop crying. I'm sobbing like hard sobbing in the car. refusing used to get out of the car they're like come on they get out of the car to look around for a few minutes i'm just beside myself they end up uh coming back to the car not too long later because they're like well he's freaking i don't know and we leave and it just subsides as we leave the forest it just goes and i'm like you know fine again and that was uh that was buchenwald it was this like um concentration death camp thing you know and the holocaust And there, I don't know what, how I would have uh, known that or had any, I'm a child. How could I even comprehend that? You have genocide, but something here was so steeped in the experiences of so many people, the guards and the prisoners and everybody in so much pain and so much like horror that this place was something in me was just feeling that. I've noticed a correlation
1: and I wouldn't say it's a but there's definitely a correlation of people who have a certain outlook on the world and a certain way of living life that lends itself to experiences like that that I think is very interesting I there's think so some too. kind of thing where you're like the the type of person who goes. I, one time I was here and this thing happened and I had this thought that was like I knew I knew it. and then the person who goes no you didn't dude that's the kind of person where I'm like you're yeah. boring
2: and I don't want to hang out with you man. Yeah, yeah exactly like, like, dude eat. that is so often my feeling of stuff like I'm just like you're boring next yeah you know? exactly and it's like no one cares how how yeah. you how skeptical you are of something but I think that's, that goes to the lawyering and like lawyering relationships thing when, when somebody tells you <laughs> you say I feel this way and I go no you don't because of all this stuff and and they go all right whatever you say you still feel that way yep so yep yep yep. okay yeah (laughs) you you can't feel this way you said you love me you can't love someone well i love really because you said yeah this is what you're going
1: through because earlier you said that you did it and i believe you'll check the books if you go back you'll see that i said that my grandma spoke to
2: me in my head And this incredible peace came over me. I knew that I was okay. And I was part of some grand love that never, never uh, ends. Well, no, you didn't. (laughs) (laughs) I think I, you know what I mean? Yeah. I remember
1: when, um, I think I'm still, I go back to when, um, I was going through my, my, you know, divorce and and people say some things sometimes where they don't mean it and they they can get a little angry. But I remember one thing in particular that was said was like, you know, if so-and-so saw you now, which is my grandmother, I'll I'll fill it in retroactively to make it sound softer, then they would, they would like, uh, be so ashamed of you. They would be so like, whatever. And I think it like lodged, it was like a spike that stuck in my brain. And so now when these stories happen, these like,
2: say what? People know how to hurt you, P- hurt people. People know how to hurt people. That's what I was thinking. Just you know, hurt the, are the really, things yeah, that a yeah. lot. No, oh, no, no, no. Just, yeah, pe- yeah. just nothing. Just speaking to that very human and understandable. You say things you don't mean. Exactly. exactly. You know how you, to hurt people. You know. Yeah. Exactly. You know how to get in there, you know and the so say. sometimes
1: it works. And so I remember that particularly, and now when retroactively, when I hear these stories and these sort of like these um very nice spiritual things i can't help but feel the very same thing that i felt when i left christianity when i left all these other things which is like oh i'm going to be punished like like there there is a figure outside of me mm-hmm. that looks down on me and yeah. is like oh you can't what you everything you've done is wrong you should be ashamed of yourself blah blah, blah. and like there's yeah. it's just
2: a weird that's so interesting it's like a
1: th- it's like a weird um uh, insecurity that slides in that I can't really yeah. explain to people because it's insane. It's like um, yeah. sometimes I feel like I, my grandmother is still alive, but also I don't truly believe that because if I did, I'd have to confront the idea that maybe she's not proud of me.
2: Yeah, to do exactly what I hate and be like completely binary about like existence and act like you're one way or another way. Um, I will say that it's a it's really f- profound. If you, what kind of person you are could potentially be described as? Do you believe? the things above you, um, are looking down on you or looking over you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? What's, what's your foundational belief about the universes, and, you know, interest in you.
1: Yeah. You said something earlier that made me think about that. Like there's tr- just, there's just hints of like, it really boils down I think to just like, do you engage with life and ha- are able to laugh at it and not take it that seriously? Right. And then also be like, no, this is immensely painful. And this is like an immensely yeah. confusing thing. And there is a dread. And you should be like, okay, there's no answer. it's There's no end. There's no beginning. It's great. Yep. It's beautiful. Yeah, exactly. And it's decay.
2: It's perfect. Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. It's what wonderful. I think we should do is you should run for office on the conservative side. And I'll start running for office on the liberal one. Because I think we could, like, pull it off, Actually, you know what I mean? Could. I, yeah, I could pull and it off. And then once we've both ascended to the party members at our first or second debate, we'll go, hey, guys, we fooled you. Yeah. Uh, we're on the same side. So thanks for all your votes that we cynically got by uh, pandering. I have bad news. Uh, I'm raising all your taxes by 50%. I have good news. Yeah? Jarrett kind of likes guns, so. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll be like, um Sorry. Your uh, eternal struggle uh, of separating yourself from other (laughs) beings is over. We're going to make this bad boy work. Listen, here's the deal.
1: No longer are you working for the weekend. The weekend now, working for you. No one knows what he's talking about.
2: Love that all right truly nothing here has been resolved and uh never will it be no of course not what i'd like to do because uh i've like really enjoyed this and i don't know what the fuck it is and i you know i'm just gonna let it be what it let's is like what, we said yeah it's in its decay Ugh. it's I, I, it, honestly, I can't say i'm gonna re-listen to it yeah i don't know either <laughs>
1: <laughs> i don't know but how i would if i were you so, so much
2: meaning in its non-meaning to yes. me vaping um i feel like we hit a rhythm there at the end I do. I, I think there's a lot of wonderful things and I just, I like it what it is. Yeah. I do want to run through my like standard cues. Of course. I anything pee you want to too. Right? So I'm going to do one more pee break and then go through my standard things. Beautiful. That might I'll be check my cell people. phone and then we'll be good. All right. Great. That's terrible. Um, all right. All right. Uh, let's do the concluding segment. Thank God, Jared. Thank you for bringing this up. Yeah. Um, well, we did just record kind of poorly and now I'm going to do this again. It's going to be funny because it was organic before and, uh, about the and, complimentary and feelings gonna, I was having towards yes. you. Yes, let me just but go ahead and clarify. Said, I'm going to try to say the same things organically, but we have already talked about this because there was an, I was holding the mic the wrong way. It's called disclosure. It's called transparency. We're just being people. Listen. Hey, Morgan, you're on this podcast because I think you're brilliant and I think you have a very, very profound, connected experience of your reality, both with your spirit and your brain. And that good, bad brain can be tough to deal with sometimes. So this is the segment where I try to, you know, steal your secrets for coping with your um, terminal humanity. <sighs> A condition we all have, I suppose. But um, first one, have you ever been diagnosed with any uh, uh, psychiatric uh, conditions? And if you have, have you taken medication? First of all, Jarrett, I
1: appreciate you saying what you said. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, that's so sweet. I will say that your compliments of me in your highly articulate nature informs me about my own existence in a wow. way that is concrete and allows me to, to find comfort in this Thanks, this man. terminal humanity.
2: That's really uh, that's all I could really ask for. When you uh, ask things, I want that's truly I think the meaning of life that
1: we connect with each other. And Thank I connect with it, and I appreciate it, Thank and it you. helps me. And just by you saying that, in terms of being diagnosed with anything or having medication, the answer is uh, no. I've never been diagnosed with anything, okay. and no, I'm not any on any kind of medication. I would, however, venture to say that there's certain medications that I will be asking my doctor. About. Oh, okay. And have, have you been a psychiatrist before? I've not been to a
2: psychiatrist. Yeah. I've been to life coaching, meditation, and therapist. <laughs> yeah, this is so fun. I love like we're running through it again. But that is significant to me. I think it's very important to note that because uh, I'm a big proponent of searching, inventorying your, your system as much on your own accord before bringing in outside uh, help. Yes, and that will yeah. be what it is,
1: and it'll be a full... I, I will talk to my doctor about some drugs. Yeah. and Because uh, the reality is like um, I'm in my 30s, and it's kind of like... You know, I'm kind of over a lot of the. um, Is this the right way to go about doing things? Mm -hmm. And there's a a large part of me that's like, what What's the problem? Like, if the problem is this, and there's a drug that's going to fix it. Right. or medication, right. I will take the medication.
2: Well, if you're in touch with your problems, you can figure out if a problem is serving you or not. And I'll know, and I know, I will know if the, uh, the Adderall, the X, Y, and Z
1: affects me in a way that makes me go like, oh, okay, I need yeah, to pay attention to I'm it. I'm not worried, and that's where I'm yeah. at. But in terms of like official, clinical, no, I think yeah. I'm free and clear.
2: I do want. Yeah, yeah, drugs, uh, drug experience to help you face your problems versus drug experiences that help you escape them. And as long as you're paying attention to it and making sure you're not using some... Substance excessively, you know. Yep. I mean, like it's like pain medication uh, sometimes, where it's like, hey, I, I don't well, expect you to like deal with those stitches and surgery and tooth, tooth removal you got. You can, you can bomb that. Just don't let it get to the point that you're dying for. Right. It. And here's what I
1: will say: I do know myself well enough to know that when I have said X, Y, and Z, I will take X, Y, and Z at times in Vegas when I am wanting to dude x y and z is so fun yeah exactly and i i have no problem with um the the benefit i think of being in my 30s and being able to like experiment yeah. with stuff is like i get it and like isn't i know funny? if i'm making a bad isn't decision it like,
2: like isn't it fun sometimes to go go into your memory bank and remember what it felt like to like think drugs were inherently evil oh yeah it's insane yeah <laughs> like what it kind of insane. maniac you have to be
1: <laughs> <laughs> like have you lived don't you know it's so it, it it is funny it is like yeah drugs are bad until you try any of them one time <laughs> like ever <laughs> you're like oh this <sighs> is the whole the whole house of cards falls anyway what talk you about right?
2: some drugs guys okay no don't do that crocodile shit don't you know? do the
1: crocodile shit don't do the basalts, don't do the whatever they stay
2: away from the meth anything that you can look at the people who do it who die the first time they do you know yeah there's
1: there's don't very, do that I there's I know drugs I've done I know drugs I haven't done and um, I know drugs that I will do like I know that there's I have more drug use in my future but I yeah. also know that I that's not my thing like drugs a hundred percent and if it is your thing stay away from it. and that goes back to what we're talking yeah, about the addictive if it's your thing. thing- boring
2: dude be smart exactly <laughs> then like find something that's not your thing you dork <laughs> i really do that thing you said earlier though i feel the same way that like when people want to have a well that's actually you know they have the same right uh, it's uh, always the same, same thing here if you're that kind, your kind of person i'm sorry you're boring yeah you're boring and that's fine be boring just don't do it near me baby yep all right oh we're gonna keep going with these questions all right six quick cues what if to the boredom six? was
1: just its own yeah. drug jack earlier? on huh? what if boredom is its own drug like as pedestrian as people can be, they get a rush out of it because it I like that to, actually.
2: I think yeah. that's well, it definitely gives hey, them a yeah, rush baby. of
1: superiority. Yeah, I mean, that. the
2: first time I got high with weed, and I, I described it as feeling stupid but being okay with it. Oh, that's nice. Uh, yeah, and it, I don't that know that is, is that is kind of that, yeah. which is kind of like if boredom were a drug. Dude, one of my favorite
1: things is I will smoke marijuana and I I hang out with an incredibly intelligent roommate. And that's the best when I oh, can just yeah. be like, I'm a dummy. I don't care. I'm a dummy. So like, what's Hell up yeah. with shadow people? And I'm like, Hey, you know, there's like a thing. And this idea that, you know, you be able check because you're
2: unconscious or whatever. And I'm like, fuck Eddie. It. Like, it's <laughs> fun.
1: It's a nice thing. Anyway, what's Ooh. your next question? What do you got?
2: Uh, do you have any consistent practices? Primarily a physical one is what I usually look for, but mental, spiritual, or practices that help you be. I do. I do exercise. I do a little exercise. I do a little mom workout. What do you do? What kind of stuff do you do? Mom workout? I call it a mom
1: workout. I'm on the elliptical a lot. Oh, I do that for like yeah. 20 or 30 minutes. Hey, it's
2: okay for your knees.
0: Exactly.
1: I like it. Yeah. And I also, I just like it.
0: Great.
2: And then I do that and then I, I lift weights for half an hour. Kind of weightlifting. You like, it's kind of like a bodybuilding style thing. Kind of like sets, eight to 12 rep kind of thing. Yeah. Three yeah. sets of 10
1: on every machine. And then I go, and Machines, then I go drink yeah. coffee. Yeah. Well, okay, no, cool. I do free weights. Yeah. yeah. But or, three sets of I 10 do, kind of vibe. I do free weights with the dumbbells and then I do triceps. I do a machine and then I do a, um, there's like this type of bench press where it's like, yeah. you know, it's got the
2: ridges on the
1: side. It's some kind of
2: bench press. Oh, where, Smith like, machine. Smith
1: machine. Yeah. yeah, those, yeah. Are,
2: those are awful. And I will try to break you of that one day. If we ever have an exercise conversation, <laughs> Whatever. but it's it, fine. for as long me. As I fun. just
1: need to, I'm having fun. That's what <laughs> it is. I'm having a good time. <laughs> I'm not trying to get into any image. I'm just like, it course, makes me not as depressed, which is not nice. That's
2: all the fucking matters. That truly matters. Yeah. Yeah. So that's- What's your problem with the Smithers? Uh, it's an unnatural uh, bar path. It's it's right, like cause so, it's directly vertical. Yeah, so any bar path if you be- a bench press has a slight kind of J curve to it and a squat similarly, it doesn't so it forces everybody into the same biomechanical pattern, which isn't good for everybody. It's not good for you. it it can put your it, joints for what I'm and doing, things in doing it's not bad. Oh,
1: and I plank. I do the yeah. planking thing.
2: Is that? Planking's like very that? good. Planking's perfect. I mean, like the, then the other so reason planking I plank then, for
1: like 2 minutes I call it a day.
2: That's good, man. That's tough. Two minutes is long. That's good. Every time. And it doesn't get easier. Doesn't. it's But that, you'll find, plank is the funniest thing that's straight up willpower, I think. Truly. Truly. Like, like yeah. if you were pressed, if you had to, if there was like a, a knife with poison on it under you, I guarantee you, you could hold that plank so fucking long. Because it, it to me, plank is hard and bad after 10 seconds. And then, like, to me, was, it's just yeah, a matter yeah. of, like, I had a friend who did it one time. He didn't exercise at all, like, not at a physical. And it was just, like, one day, was like, I'm going to see how long I can do it. And just did it like for, like, five minutes. Some, like, really long time. Yeah. And I was like, that's good, dude. That's hard. I really think it's like a one of those weird mindset ones. I hundred percent. And I, so
1: I do that after I get off the elliptical to make myself sweat a lot. And that makes me get all pumped up and yeah. be like, I can do anything. And that's then good. I, I fail. And that's great.
2: That's another good reason to do it. I actually it's think... It's
1: just fun. I enjoy... I love it so much, man. It's been a life-changing well, experience. Well, what
2: you just said to me is at the heart of why physical uh, improvement and fitness kind of thing is good for anybody, no matter who you are. I truly think like winning is a habit, like being happy is a habit, being well is a habit. And if you... Uh, get yourself used to the sensation of accomplishment and doing something yeah, yeah, that you're proud yeah. of. I think you tend to go out in the world and do more things that you're proud I of. I do,
1: and that's why I did it, and it worked. And it's yeah. like you end up being like, well, now I'm going to reach out in this way, and I'm going to like do this thing, and like you just extend yourself more in other areas as a result of like l- physically extending yourself. Yeah. And it's nice. You, you're too, you are a huge inspiration in it, not to so whatever, but like you're like because I do videos when I'm in the gym, and they're pretty, they're a little different yours mm-hmm. but yours are a huge inspiration because yours are actually legitimate and mm. fun and mine are Thanks like man. mine are trying to be like it's okay to be in the gym and be dumb and yeah. stupid and it's also me being like look at me i'm in the gym which yeah i get that too yeah and i and i feel the need to say that because otherwise people go you know you're just doing good to do so which is me being like whatever yeah absolutely and that's and this is me doing intellectualization which is defense mechanism, but okay. whatever uh but yeah your stuff helps so much and what you do with like whatever the f- Hell, you're doing it on that. Oh, uh, the bowel, baseballs out there. and kettlebells, and all it's things. insane, but it's fun to watch. And the captions and all that stuff, and it's Expand. goofy and it's weird. And it's like, oh yeah, he's getting out there, he's working out. It's you. There's a few other people that were like. Actually it was Lee Newton's wedding where I was like her brother came up to me and was like, How are you doing? And I was like, I'm good, doing good, man. Like, things are good. I'm just trying, you know, working on stuff. And then I was like, honestly, man, I'm not doing I'm not doing well. I was like, I'm just like, it is what it is, and life is fine and it is it, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I'm existing. And then he was like, you know what you should start doing? Is working out. He was like, I was depressed. He was like, it, yeah. for one, it works because we're vain because we're performers. And, sure. and he was like, also it gets you in that mindset. And I was like, he was like, it, it he's like, it helps do it. And, and then like a month later I was like, all right, I'm going to start doing it. And then it, I started doing like 20 minutes on the elliptical. And mm-hmm. then it became this like hour, hour and a half, like six, five, six days
2: a week thing. And I'm like, this is great. I love it, dude. I, I truly, it's like, just but I eat move. like shit. I don't give a shit. Yeah, that's okay. I'm Just that doesn't. My definition of fitness for now and forevermore was fundamentally changed by Jason Scartamale on the first day. I, my roommate, I said he defines fitness as feeling good in your body, and yeah yeah that's it's a the nice dumbest one. thing i was like it took me 15 20 fucking years of physical culture to c- conclude the most obvious thing in the world like how how are we going to define fitness as a way that's that's something that's you know beyond the like tactile one of uh suitability to a task which is like the technical definition of fitness yeah but suitability to the task of just being alive and as a person in your body feel good in it that's it yeah and if you can start to cultivate that conversation, listen in your body, then when I go work out now, and I've spent a lot of time because I was fascinated with it, different modalities, trying different things out, because I was interested. in I, I, And now it's become like I go out and I feel what I got to do you know I'm like do I want to stretch weird today do I want to do things and um, I don't know I, I'm trying to hopefully like blur the idea with the things I mean Instagram for me is a fun uh, and interesting exercise in ego stuff and like the the uh, the self as a character and as a work oh, and I a, love that it's I in the gallery it. I love it yeah, yeah. And, and I just don't fucking care I, I used to feel like I don't know if I should do this That, that you know and just being able to be like uh, you know I don't know why I can't explain it it's indefensible I want to do like a, this weird workout video And I try to cultivate it as movements that are, to try to show this thing of like, you can be weird and there are different ways to yeah. move organically and, and just kind of express and be there with yourself. That's sort of my, I don't know, some kind of non-goal with it. And then on some other level, it really is just like, I don't know, like doing it. I like when people like it. I like seeing it for myself. I like that uh, probably, unless you know d- digital stuff disappears in some like apocalypse and we're back in a wasteland. I like thinking that when I'm 100, uh, 120, 130 years old or whatever, I'll still be able to look at the stuff and be like... Uh, I could move around when I was a kid and I, I want that. I like that. It's you know? fun. It's
1: all, yeah, it's all goes back to not taking any of it too seriously and being like, Oh, Oh, uh, cause I'm doing this video. Like, what does that say about me? And it's like, I like the idea of being like, Oh, I'm going to like, look at this dumb shit I was doing. I know you're like, good at it though. I love it. I love the fucking, I, I still love the water bit. I enjoy it. It's working up to it too. I've said this in other podcasts, but it, I have an idea behind it and I'm excited. About you do? It. Yeah. It has a grandiose thing, but now that I've talked about it, I don't
2: like talking about it. All right. It. I'm not going to talk about it again. What's your next question? Um, where did I fucking put my thing? My phone? Um, Jared, what's your next question? Well, I know that's what I'm trying to remember. Jared. I know why I can't remember them Jared. sometimes. The next question, let me see if I remember it correctly is, I think it's the dark one. Let's see if I was there. I was no fuck. I was wrong. Hit the next me. question is always this. Something spiritual that actually inspires you. I'm sorry. Cheesy that actually inspires you. Something uh, cheesy that actually inspires you. Yes.
1: Oh, like any motivational, like, r slash
2: motivated yeah. shit. Do you have a specific one of those? Because that's, like, gay I agree. All that stuff. But, yeah. uh, oh, in terms of, like, phrase A or meme whatever? or something. Or one you saw recently that, like, no. fired you up or something? Not
1: at all. They all last about a second. I have a, a book on, like, stoic meditations that
2: that... Oh, fun. stoicism, huh? I'm b- big into that. I like that a lot. Dude, I think that's it, so funny. Stoicism does appeal. I think that's, I always call it just my like sort of Navy SEAL inspirational bullshit. That's sometimes. it that's just, It just really fucking gets me sometimes. I, I like it. I need to hear yes. it. I don't think it's and for it's everyone. Not,
1: it's not for everyone. I don't even and think it's true. Like in it's an, really an, not. You know? Yeah. It's wrong. Yeah. Um, because it deni- it's actually about like active denial. Like yes. it's about just being like, yes. I exist here and Dude, everything around me doesn't. And it's like, stop, That's stop, the
2: stop. weirdest thing about trying to explain this paradox thing if all the people who are stoics and express sort of like toxic masculine stoicism or whatever knew and inha- if they knew they were like I know it's not true but it helps me then it would be fine exactly and that's where I think that's yeah. what my
1: where I read it and I'm like Oh, it is like, yes, th- these things don't matter. This is what matters. Yeah.
2: Change what you can, don't what you I can't. Mean, yeah. That or whatever really does, that is. Being like, a knowing that I am just an embodiment of this divine love that goes on and on. Nothing I could do is wrong. I'm okay. I'm always going to be accepted by a universe in which I am essentially held in love. Yeah. And that, no, yes, yes, I know all that. And that's why knowing that I'm a fucking piece of shit, get the fuck up, you fucking yeah, yeah, suck yeah, yeah. shit, fuck hole. Like, Helps me. I don't know. Saying, like, you're useless, you're better than this, you're stronger than this. It's all just different stress, dude. Yeah, dude, dude. it's only okay because obviously. I just think that's a funny idea to, like, roll your eyes and be like, obviously, like, I'm... This isn't true, Dude, but that's the fun thing. That's why maybe I love Vegas, enough.
1: where I'm like, I know Vegas is a shit town. I know it's a... a exactly a, a that. Absolute garbage. It's plastic. It's fake. I know... Beautiful. Yeah, and that. I love it. I love it. I'm like, give me the fake plastic bullshit. Dude. Set me in a blackjack table with free liquor, Ugh. and I'll smoke cigarettes till i dead. Hell yeah. And I, I told totally you that. I'm in paradise. I love that too, man. And I know too, it's
2: man. temporary and bad and horrid, and I, I, think I love it. that is something that I do have not in common, necessarily, with establishment liberals and left people and other people that are typically aligned with me I love like the garbage America stuff oh it's beautiful you know I, I really do man I love like New fucking Orleans monster truck rallies and being monster an asshole truck rally. I don't yeah. know oh my god I, I, I just love that shit and I think uh, there's something so human and beautiful and precious about that like like you know big dog t-shirts and stuff yep, yep, and just yep. like I just fucking truly because it, it's so honest, it's so human and bumbling around and and, and dude, in an, uh,
1: this, I was hanging out you with a you know? buddy and there's a charger, car and like a dude, I drive a know? fucking Challenger with, with black, like yeah. with ugh. I was with someone and they were like. Oh, okay. And I could tell they were like really angry at that person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and probably <laughs> if they, here's what I will say. If they had not been there to be angry at that person, I would have been in their stead. Like, I Right. Were, so they're there, so they're able to express the anger. Yeah. But because they were able to express the anger, a part of me was like, I love that there's like Dude.
2: people who are like, I'm going to gun it I know. now. I it's had a motorcycle. I had one of those motorcycles for years that I rode only bikes, like first I had a Vespa and then I had one of those kind of motorcycles like the, the, z- z- the cross it was rockets? a cross dry, it had a, a, a like an aftermarket you know fucking exhaust on it yeah. and the baffle was taken out i would set off car alarms sometimes just going by god that's sounds <laughs> it's, horrible so fucking that's funny the worst you it's sound like the, the worst worst and the <laughs> best thing about it was like i would still sit in cafes and i would hear that stuff happen i go okay we get it dude oh you yep, know i yep. would have the but same reaction actually, even when i'm me. on it yeah. Uh uh-huh. Till Del- I was, I was like, "Woo!" But you yep. just say, call hate on, me all you
1: want. Yeah, it's it's amazing <laughs> how much you don't care
2: about the <laughs> hatred when you have that with you. Oh, totally. Which is like totally. the gun control debate which is like the gun control debate. Absolutely, that's true. Uh, The haters thing too, and everybody's loved to be like, I love my haters. Fucking hate on me. I love it. I always think that's so funny because nothing is more like psychoanalytical Freudian. Like, oh, the hater you're talking to is you.
0: (laughs) You
1: know what I mean? Oh, it's unbelievable. It's also like the love Trump's hate thing where it's like, oh, when all all those people Mm -hmm. were wearing those shirts and it's like, love trumps hate and it's like oh it's beautiful but you're also saying like you, you love, love trumps, trump's hate, hate. Like, that's fucking you, good you yeah and i can't dude. take credit for it that's indian Indianapolis, dude Indianapolis, i finally redeemed myself cut <laughs> out the Indianapolis, keep the love trumps hate cut out the part where i give credit to peter rollins <laughs> for, for part of that
2: really good i thought of something else but i lost it and i think there's plenty of those things already what's the nice next so, question um, what is the whole
1: podcast was just these six questions you ever think about that it could be but, but let's not blip, what's something dark about
2: you Oh God! There's a number of things. Yeah, pick one. Um, I you know again the interest of this section is like, hey, we all got these dark things. <laughs> yeah,
1: I probably have some dark things in certain areas that I don't even talk about publicly.
2: That's fine. Okay. Yeah,
1: just like dark.
2: Um, oh, and I'm very What's I, something that you would talk about. Publicly? I
1: hold an. Uh, I will say this. Here's what I'll say. I'll segue. I, I something I will talk about is a, a level of anger that I hold towards certain people. I think is is astronomical. Like Is just it a insane. sense of
2: injustice, anchor? they wronged you. They wronged the universe. Like, or you know, they're—it's not even always. It's not damage. even always
1: justified. Sometimes there's anger I literally actively hold against people who I don't even think have done anything that bad. I guess, like a rage, right? a rage. Yeah, like an actual. Like if they yeah. knew, if I had the chance to to fully express how how much I would destroy them that they would actually I'd actively destroy people. I think you would if left unabated, unexamined. Yeah. If there, there are, there are people who I think I hold, you know, forgiveness is such a nice idea. And I think there are people who I know that about, but I actively choose to be like, Oh, I would, I would do the tiniest things to, to be so um, vindictive against Mm -hmm. them. And it's dark and and it's it's not without reason. It feels gross. Yeah, and it's not without, like, provocation, and yeah. obviously it's ven- it's vengeful.
2: Well, that's my question. But, um, is, it, yeah. is it a sense, uh, and, you know, this might be moot because it's your experience of it, you know what I mean? You might be self-justifying, but is it in, in your experience, your sensation of it, is it one that feels like vengeance or feels like justice? Like, it's some kind of righteous thing or they deserve feels- because it would make the world a better place, or they wronged me, so I'd like to hurt them back? Oh, vengeance. It's 100% yeah, okay. vengeance. Well, that's yeah. really good to know. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I, but
1: that goes back to, like, it being, assuming you know, I'm answering correctly and that it's a dark thing. It's yeah. an absolutely vengeful sort of thing.
2: Yeah. That's interesting because, because I think then you could make the argument that like, uh, most uh, like th- that, they're, I guess maybe that's a difference. That's like, it's the empathy thing when somebody hurts you and you want to hurt them back for it. When he, we, as a society are harmed as a criminal, like, yeah. like is your impulse to hurt them back because they hurt you or because you had a hurtful experience and know they Yet, might do that to other people. It's
1: that – no, it's not the other people thing, but it is viewing myself as another person, and it's that transition that happens when you start viewing yourself as an actual person instead of being like, well, I probably deserved it. It's like the overcorrection from living a life of Christian guilt, and so what happens is I go, oh – you hurt this guy that yeah. this guy named Elliot that I actually really like now, and yeah. so now I'm going to come after you with everything as I would if it was a friend or someone I genuinely yeah. cared about. I think like,
2: some of us have that feeling, especially towards like parents or people who were mean to us when we were kids, because we when we're grown up, it's easier to see yourself as a child yeah. and go like, who the fuck would be mean to
1: that kid? Yep. You know, it's a nice thing, and it's also a yeah, exactly. So yeah. that's all. That would it, be it a,
2: is I do think that's a good thing to explore in yourself if you haven't like especially like the notion of yourself as somebody else. And how would you think about them being treated?
1: Yeah. It's a nice thing of like, I, I remember a buddy of mine was like hating on himself and I was like, you need to, um, I was like, you need to back off. Cause you're being really mean to my friend. Yeah, that's and I was, and, yeah. And I was like, I thought it was nice and beautiful and it didn't resonate. Cause that person was in a dark place, but I was like, you're, you're yeah. stepping on, you're doing things that I wouldn't do to you ever. So like, why are you being right. that, that, that bad? Yeah. That's, Malicious.
2: Yeah. That's, yeah. I like it. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. I was like, there's more we could go. And I'm just like, oh, we got to crank know, it, we dude. We do this forever. Uh, what's something you all thought was cool when you're younger that you know is clearly not cool now at all?
1: Um, um, so my parents have always looked out for me. Yeah. But the uh, biggest way they ever looked out for me was um, when I was in high school. I wanted my first car to be a PT cruiser.
2: Shut the fuck up! With wood dude.
1: paneling. <laughs> Isn't that bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really bad. But I genuinely did for like a year. I was a, I was thinking I was fourteen, and I was like, it's like a beach car. It's like old. I was a fan of Food frame Roger Rabbit. It looked like a car from the thirties. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's really what it is. It's the that Food frame Roger Rabbit oh thing. Oh my god. And I, I,
2: I mean, like, if you said that about, like, remember that, like, Plymouth Prowler? It's the same thing. PT Cruiser and Plymouth Prowler were are the in your same hip, the thing. the same thing in your brain.
1: Yes. But the Prowler lasted even less time. And I, you never see Prowlers these never. days. If but you did,
2: that'd be dope. If I saw a Prowler, I'd be like, fuck, dude, you hung on to one. You did the right thing. Just I cruise around a Prowler, a Prowler. With, like, a Nokia brick phone? Dude, a part of me would love to drive a Prowler. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Prowler, that's what I'm saying. If you had said Prowler, you'd be normal. <laughs> Prowler. You said PT Cruiser. I think you're like, <laughs> I don't know who you are. <laughs> Awful. It makes me concerned for you Awful and everybody car. who
1: interacts with you. Yeah, it's really bad. But um, my parents got me a Nissan Pathfinder and I remember getting in it and being like, which is a dope car. It's amazing. And I remember getting in it and literally being like, my parents really looked out for me on this one. And I became the kid in high school who had the nice car and then I had that Hell car until yeah. I was like 27. Dude,
2: Nissan Pathfinder is a great fucking car. Love, loved my Pathfinder. Dope. Uh, <laughs> That was a really good answer. Uh, what's the last gorgeous thing you saw? Uh, the last gorgeous thing I saw, this is a, what's
1: the, that I can, um, I don't know, man. I, I do see a lot of, I could pick most things. I know. I do truly it's not like have that. like a thing that sticks. I do, the idea that you think of is always like sunset, woman. Sure. All those, but also
2: like the... Uh, that's why That's why I'm, I think If it helps the re- the recent, just, just the last thing you think that was... Random? You know what it
1: was? I took a path uh, in Los Angeles that was a highway that I'd never taken before, or like at least a road, yeah. and it was like through downtown, and in a way that was like elevated... And it felt like, I don't know if you've been on this road, it felt like I was driving through the buildings, like that they were like, I wasn't, but it was so close and elevated that I was like, holy shit. And it, it it like made me, I was so distracted that I I could (laughs) barely drive. I loved it. And I was like, this is this fucking city. I love this city
2: so much. And good, yeah, I love that one, man. I love this city. It's weird. I do. Oh, I love it. I love it. I actually, truly, and I
1: I'm somebody who, like, I don't throw around the L word very often. I adamantly, deeply, and probably on some level romantically, like, yeah. love this city.
2: I'm with you. I mean, people love to hate LA, and uh, I don't part know. That's of it. That makes me love it. it more. I know. I think there's, like, a real darkness here that forces you to... Kindle your own light to yeah. see who you are. There's a cloud of darkness that, and that when is you, over the city, dude. Dude, when you, it's so mysterious. It's such a like hidden city mm-hmm. that that you carve out your own understanding of, and your I just love it. And it's yep. so, and that uh, beauty and decay thing is expressed everywhere. Everywhere, it's wonderful, dude.
1: Outside your apartment, you have this beautiful apartment. Outside yeah. there, there's homeless people that we're probably listening to right now.
2: Maybe yeah. And I don't like, think they're, they're actually I don't think the homeless they chill there often. They're like they're people I like, that's Gary. No, <laughs> I I mean I, I, it's weird. They're, it's it's a rotating cast, but like, you know, really? they definitely drink too much, but Hey, whatever. You know, but but fo- dude, they do just hang out on the neighborhood. Have uh, you been uh, in my apartment? Dude. My my apartment? Yeah, up and, in NoHo, whatever. It's yeah, one of those yeah. like very um corporate kind of buildings. Corporate, and when
1: you go up in it, it lo- overlooks like kind of a ghetto-y area.
2: Yeah. I love Well, it. that's the that's the valley, dude. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I love I love the um I love the dichotomy of being in a corporate, hardwood floored, really well lit, yeah. beautiful, large windows that overlooks an area that reminds me that all of this shit is nothing. And I was trying to explain that to our mutual friend earlier. I was like, I think I'm just coming off like an asshole. Because I was like, yeah, I like looking at all this impoverished stuff. But I was like, yeah. I'm trying to say that I like looking at it. Or oh. I like the fact that I'm looking at it in contrast to the I comfort. Think, that yeah, I think, yeah, it's
2: hard. I, I think... um It's easy for people to like to be, uh, uh, you know, objectifying, fetishizing sort of, you know, this noble savage kind of thing about people who are in uh, more difficult conditions. Dire straits. You you know, that we that we can be like, oh, the romance of hardship, blah, blah, blah. And that's really never how I feel about it. uh, When I when people say things like that, you know, I think some people can say that and feel that way, but can be like. What I'm talking about is the teeming mass of humanity. Like, look at us. Like, look how beautiful we are. And the people who are the, that, yeah. the people who are supposedly we're having these. That you know we're doing it. I always feel like we're doing it. I mean, the darkest version of this is I was at Dodger Stadium uh, on Fourth of July one time, and I was looking out over the hill, and I saw all the parked cars, yeah. and, and like watching them all move. And I was like, we're bugs. We're bugs. Like look at this hive. Look at us. Just the cars zipping in and out, and they stay so structured, and they don't bang into each other. And I was like, this is a weird yeah. bit. We're all just bugs, and that felt. Bad to me in the moment. I was like freaked out by it. But when I. Were you high? No, not even. I don't think. I was my probably a little drunk or something like that. Yeah. But, um, and maybe in a bad place. But now when I'm in a, a okay place, I, man, I love that so much. Oh, I love it. I love us all like smashed together, like trying, you yep. know? I think it, that's what it is. It's just being like, oh, this chaos is actually really, that's what really I, yeah. nice and beautiful.
1: But it was that, it was that, that street that, um, where I was like, oh, shit, this is amazing. Yeah. It felt
2: like the future. Um, okay we're on our last little bits do you have a self-care practice that you like lately or like in general that you'd recommend for people to try out and, and do that helps you i uh, I've been journaling ooh
1: um that's nice and i uh, I meditate for like six minutes a day
2: that's dope man that's great because they just six minutes it's like that it's that's a- enough of a check-in it's Sometimes. enough. It's just a check-in. It's nice.
1: It's quick. I don't feel, and I've stopped doing um, actual meditations. I used to do guided meditations for like 20 minutes. And I started doing six minute meditations where I don't listen to music. And I just set a timer for six minutes, like on my, uh, i use yeah. a little Alexa thing. And I go, Alexa, set the timer for six minutes. And then I just sit and meditate. And it's very nice. Whereas prior, I was trying to always attain that next yep. thing. And now I'm just like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to set a timer and whatever happens, happens. And as a result, dude, it's been crazy. Like there's been a like legit amounts of like, oh shit, I'm, I'm back. I'm at that. Or at least I'm ironically am
2: at whatever the next level is. I might genuinely steal that one from you. That's really good. Great. Six minutes is good because six it's minutes like is nice. It gives excessive. you a minute of just bullshit. Yeah, you can do that. That's the time it takes to make a fucking hot pocket or something. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, you can always do six minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you learn that for anywhere? Or is that just your invention? Just my. So well, I don't man. think it's anything. Yeah, I, really? I just was like, I'll do it for six. And yeah. I was, I was like, using a timer. It's not like a thing out in the world. Oh, the six minute. minute it's not like oh, a thing. Oh no. Yeah.
1: No, no. But there's um there's an app called Insight Timer that's really nice, and I just stopped using that and started um. Yeah. Just sitting and quiet and, and then letting go of, you know, cause a six minutes allows me a minute of like, let go of this. You're not this. You're not that. Mm-hmm. You're not that. You're not this. You're not that.
2: And that allows me to be like, Whoo. and that's nice. Love that. Yeah. For 10 seconds. maybe. All right. The very final fucking thing. Woo. Uh, I have a thing I like, I called the, uh, don't kill yourself list. I started it when I, uh, wanted to, you know, kill myself at one point in my life and it was to help me fight that feeling. Which Have we led, started you know,
1: the podcast now? Mm hmm. <laughs>
2: Where the brain does that sometimes. It's not so nice all the time. That's the bad part, I suppose. Uh, and something that helped me was to make a list. I would just do a sort of a meditative practice of my own where I would start listing just things that are fucking wonderful, that like, exist and are beautiful. Oh, fun. Mine always started with um, uh, coffee sandwiches and lavender soap. And uh, I'd like you to just add some candles. Bowls just candles candles uh skin lotions are really nice Ooh. fresh
1: sheets Ooh, fresh really sheets good. is good yeah um i would say uh, a cold temperature at night is very nice oh yeah like a good when you're cozy, t- being, cozy yeah. being cozy the act of being cozy yeah. um nothing to do is really fun being up earlier and awake than you should be is nice it is Waking so be fucking like, oh, good this is nice damn
2: that's the best feeling
1: yeah um Diners, you ever, drive-ins, you, dives. Do you ever
2: see Uh, uh you see Guys and Dolls? you ever see that musical yeah, or know yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I don't even know it's in the movie musical, but I know it was in the, We Did in the High School and I did it. And there's a part that I like there's the thing you said of waking up earlier than you should. My, this part I always remember, I love guys. This is very good. Is uh Sky Masterson is singing to Sarah Brown. um And they're singing about like sharing things with each other. And he goes, uh, my time of day is the nighttime. A couple of deals before dawn. When the street belongs to the cop and the janitor with the mop. Yeah. And the grocery clerks are all gone. That's, That's nice. my time of day. My time of day, and the only the nice one I ever wanted to share Jared. it with me. But that is uh, always makes me think of that—that that pre-dawn time, that time when yep. things are just starting to get shook, uh, shook up in the day. It's the best. There's nothing like, especially it. in LA. Yep, when it's the loudest, chaotic
1: filled with shit city. If you can get up earlier than the city, you just win. Like you're, even mm-hmm. if it's like accidental, you go out and it's like, my thing is like, oh, if I can wake up early and then go to the gym and get that done. And then it, as I go through the day, everyone yep. else is like, I'm just one step ahead. It's amazing. It's really nice. And that's the most adult thing. I think I would, I would never have three years ago believed that I would say that any of that sincerely.
2: I'm happy with that. I think that's the end of uh, this episode of my good bad brain. You think? You want to do another hour? I hour genuinely could do that. We'll do it another time. We'll
1: we'll save it for another. I'm time. Do a tight
2: ten. You want to do a quick tight ten? You No, man, we're I don't gonna. know. You're you're the you're wonderful man. I'm so glad you're in my life. Thanks for I'm, coming. to Dude, you're this.
1: one of my favorites. I truly, I mean that so much. I feel like as I was saying, there's it's a
2: nice there's a nice connection and there's no. Uh, I mean, this is, I, I know we're we're fucking having a fun time talking about how this is like the most masturbatory episode probably, but I don't care. I'm like, this has been so enjoyable to me, for me that I, this is one of my favorite things in the universe, what we just did. I Thank agree, you. man,
1: because I think a telltale sign is like, I don't remember anything that I said, and I don't think that's just me being, nope. sipping on whiskey. Like, I truly yep. am like, I feel like when we're talking, that's like, yep, yep, yep. And, and, and if I tell you I zone out, then I usually tell you I zone of out. Of course, yeah. But yeah, I, I am very happy. Whatever you, know, you do with this episode, I'm perfectly happy
2: with it we just did to me accomplished probably the most important thing uh that you can for another person which is uh it made me feel less alone
1: you know that's what it is man i totally agree there's yeah, like yeah there are moments where you were talking where i was like like i physically like i didn't want to breathe into the mic but like off to the side i was like okay good i'm not that okay, mm-hmm. great. yeah so that's very nice
2: all right Should hopefully we keep some going? other folks uh <laughs> out there also feel less alone <laughs> thanks to my good bad what was it be well hydrate bye alright there you go that was it check us out on patreon.com slash my good bad brain if you dug this if you sat through this whole amazing thing god bless ya uh, I hope you enjoyed it and um that's it I'll see you guys next week with the brain breather and then back the week after that with another guest and uh that's, that's it that's what's up bye